0: good morning everyone or good afternoon or good evening or the crack of dawn to you as we used to say welcome to another edition of the other side of midnight that magical time between dusk and dawn where tonight we're going to wander down the martian pink road oh do we have a story to tell you in fact we have a whole bunch of stories and what i think i'm going to do as we would normally do if we have callers and what we'll do is we'll mix callers in with what i'm planning but we have received since i was on coast uh was it was it just last week seems like a long time ago um i was on thursday the 16th whatever date that is we received a ton of mail and i don't mean the kind in the old fashioned us post bags i mean the electronic kind and I frankly have not had a chance to do more than kind of skim uh, some of them, and they, they're fascinating responses. It's amazing what people, unfettered by, you know, corporate ties, contracts, government non-disclosures, whatever is keeping the NASA folks all super, super silent on the most astonishing discovery in the you know, discovering the history of humankind. That doesn't apply to our listeners. And we have a lot of new people who, of course, have come over from uh, hearing me with George the other night. And there, of course, is that very strange kind of background story that, frankly, I still haven't quite got an answer to. Um, Why were we suddenly kicked off the air for 19.5 minutes on the largest clear channel radio station station? in the California area, Southern California, uh, KFI, 19.5 minutes. Now, how do I know that? Because I had two reputable observers who both independently said, "Well, it was a little short of 20 minutes. I mean, come on, come on. What I have not been able to find out is who did it and why. And who was the message? Because I think, you know, it was very McLuhan-esque, the medium is the message. Well, somebody cut off one of our key, and I say our because I was on the Premier Network that night, our affiliates for 19.5 minutes in L.A. Now, I have some suspicions, but um, they are only that. I have zero evidence, and I've, I've kind of tried, and I so far have no firm answers. But the gestalt, the trend curve of where things are going are that some folks inside, I think, are getting nervous. Why would they be getting nervous? Because a half-century-old cover-up, if I'm reading the political tea leaves correctly, is about to come to an end. And we have some clues that if we have time, I'll I'll hopefully be able to um, uh, support in the the third hour. I don't want to kind of divert our conversation until the appropriate time. So, let me start with, as we start with every show, uh, the news. We're going to start tonight with uh, the fact that we are about to, fasten your seatbelts, we are about to return big time to the moon. On Monday, which is the 27th, June 27th, there is a um, launch, an unmanned rocket launch from New Zealand, the so-called capstone mission. This is an unmanned being sent to the moon as part of the Artemis program to basically begin new photography with contemporary, extraordinary, high-end digital um, imaging techniques in preparation for Artemis, which will a basically a space station around the moon as part of the plan called Gateway. What an interesting concept, Gateway. Because the moon is not just a gateway to the solar system, to Mars, to wherever we're going to go beyond. It's also a gateway to a whole new radical for 99.99% of humanity way of looking at themselves, the universe, and where we came from. Because as you know, and I know, and an awful lot of people are soon going to know there is stuff on the moon, incredibly wondrous, incredibly ancient, incredibly extraterrestrial stuff. And the real mystery is going to be how are the powers that be, particularly in that, how are they going to unveil this? In what form? Well, the Capstone mission is the beginning of a process to be followed um, in a few weeks, sometime in August, by the unmanned launch of the first Artemis rocket and Orion spacecraft system itself, sometime probably around mid to maybe late August. Now, that all depends on the results of this countdown demonstration test. So if you go to the first link. If you're new to the show, let me tell you where to go. Um, don't you love that? Let me tell you where to go. Um, you go to the other side of midnight.com. That's our website. Click on that banner tonight, which says very provocatively, and you know I love to be provocative, particularly when we've got the goods. Well, we've got the goods. So click on the banner which says follow the Martian pink road that will take you to the guest page. And right under that banner on the guest page, you will see a, um item which says, uh, Vast Links. My name, Ron Gerbron, uh, Keith Morgan, and Rogero, all the way from uh, the sunny Isle of England this morning. It's a little bit early there, so he's going to be joining us in the second hour. Anyway, click on that link. Click on my name. That will take you to the uh, Radio with Pictures items in my section of the guest page tonight. So item number one is this link directly to the Artemis blog on the NASA headquarters website. And item number two, as we've been doing now ever since last Christmas, we are about to be regaled by the most breathtaking, amazing, literally never before seen images from the extraordinary and extraordinarily successful so far Webb tonight in a halo orbit about a million miles behind the earth, away from the sun, they are still conditioning and uh, cataloging the status of the various instruments there 's a very interesting background piece there on the website um, webb 's near spec requires multiple targets. This is uh, one of the very complex instruments on on board and if you click on that, you'll find explanation of all they're doing and as much technical detail as you want to drill down. So be my guest. Item number three. Now, we were not on the air last night, obviously, or early this morning, obviously. But if you look at item number three right now in the sky, if you get up uh, really early in the Northern Hemisphere, um, primarily in the Northern Hemisphere. Or if you're listening to our show, you just hang around and stay up really late. If you're on the East Coast, it'll be ending 3 a.m. Well, around 3.30, 4 o'clock, you want to look to the East. um, And there are going to be this extraordinary array of planets all in order from the Sun, Mercury, Venus, Venus. Um, and Uranus inter, inter, intervenes there then Mars, Jupiter, Neptune and Saturn this is as they're projected looking out from the inner solar system oh you can also uh, well let me do this you will not see the moon, the crescent moon that was only visible yesterday morning on the 24th and it moves 13 degrees per day so it's not in the shot anymore but here's an added bonus if you look carefully you'll actually be able to see the other missing planet, Earth. And, of course, when we open the lines on the third hour, you're going to tell me, come on, Holman, you can't see Earth by looking at the sky. Well, actually, mm, you can't, like that great line in Independence Day. Well, Mr. President, not exactly. So we'll leave it to the listener to figure it out. And whoever comes up with the right answer in the third hour We will put you on the air. Item number four, we are undergoing an extraordinary societal revolution. I mean, I don't know whether you've noticed, but everything is hitting the brick wall at once. And the most shocking and the most, um, shall we say, penetrating and all-encompassing of these paradigm shift cataclysmic developments well, the Supreme Court yesterday overturning Roe versus Wade. Now, I'm not going to get into a whole abortion and you know conversation, and I frankly, except in the context I'm about to bring up, may never do it because it isn't really tailor made for the for the uh, uh, interests of most of the listeners of this show. However, since about half of them, and our numbers are very good, are women, they're obviously really interested. So let me lay. Uh, briefly, and we'll, we will expand on it when we have her back on in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Georgia Lambert and I talked this afternoon. You know who Georgia is? She's our kind of resident metaphysician. She worked with uh, Manly Hall in Los Angeles at the Institute for over ten years, and she, you know, has a client list that will not quit. And she has some very interesting perspectives on a whole variety of of uh, subjects that are Research has kind of opened the door. Did you like that? Open the door. Remember the door on Mars that we talked about last week? Anyway, so we were talking this afternoon, and she laid a really amazing idea on me. She said, what if, given the constraints of the Congress, of the House, the Senate, the filibuster, the extreme limitations of the executive in doing anything really by executive order, The fact that this is now all reverting to the states, that there were something like 19 states that either have or are about to pass what they call trigger laws, where they make it impossible for a woman or even a young girl who was raped or otherwise, you know, brutally attacked uh, to get any kind of help, um, even under risk of death, you know, rape, incense, that doesn't matter anyway. So Georgia came up with a really intriguing idea. I don't know whether everybody is aware of this. I was, but then I was pursuing this some years ago in a totally different context. But we are surrounded in the United States within the borders of the United States with, and I don't know the number offhand, X number of sovereign independent nations, the Indian nations, That's why we have treaties, government to government, between the United States and the Sioux, or the Delaware, or the Navajo, or the Hopi, or whatever. Because they are, as per treaty agreements in the 18th and 19th centuries, they are literally nations within the border of this nation. So they they enjoy if that's an appropriate term, a legally independent, sovereign status within the boundaries of the United States of America. So George's idea, and I had looked at this earlier, many, many years ago, as a way of creating and bringing forth some of these forbidden technologies that the big guys in government and the deep state have been relentlessly and ruthlessly suppressing For the last, you know, 50, 60, 70 years, her idea was, what if this administration were to, I'm going to use a term here that's kind of appropriate, open hailing frequencies on behalf of women who have now been disenfranchised, half of the American citizenry has been disenfranchised and no longer are free citizens of the United States. Half of us, the way to restore those rights is that for those seeking abortions, to establish abortion medical facilities and clinics and any other health care part of the infrastructure required, Native American sovereign Pueblos and reservations. And no one, no state, no governor, no legislature, no Congress, no Senate, can abrogate the treaty arrangements between the United States of America and these independent, sovereign Indian First Peoples nations within our border. It would do several things. I mean, Native Americans revere women. Just go and look at any of their histories, any of their, you know, like the Iroquois, look at where we drew basically a huge part of the Constitution. There are extraordinary rights enshrined in Native American tradition. And I know that's a big surprise to a lot of people, but there are. They are treated as equals. And certainly when the first white colonists came over here, they were shocked to see that the women had an equal voice in, you know, uh, powwows and and, uh, conclaves and all that with men. What if Planned Parenthood, and there's another large uh, Medical healthcare provider. I'm I'm having, you know, flashbacks now to Robin HealthFreedomRights.com. She should be here doing this, not me. Anyway, there are there are rights that are that cannot be abrogated by the, you know, the will of a few very weird white guys sitting in a big marble building in Washington, light years out of touch with the American people, let alone the actual process of life on Earth. Someone was to make an entree, and I plan to do it next week. I literally have been dealing with an attorney on the energy side, so I have an open uh, door to open hailing frequencies on this matter as well, to explore the idea that organized associations for women, for women's health care, if they could establish their facilities on Native American land, There's not a damn thing that the politicians can do to touch them. The only, you know, functioning law would be by the legal authority of the various tribes, the various pueblos, the various reservations. I mean, you know, pilot program, one or two, see how it works. The point is, there are always, if you try hard enough, potential workarounds to an intractable problem. And this would do several things. It would... It would lionize the Native American community as standing fundamentally, archetypally, for the equality of men and women, the great spirit. We are all equal under the great spirit and the law. And number two, it could provide an extraordinary and desperately needed source of income for the local tribes and the local Native American governments and not gambling but something that basically was life affirming and and appreciated the fact that women are one half of the human species and deserve sovereignty over their um we will get back to this I'll kind of give you an update as uh, as uh, my kind of exploration of this idea unfolds but to me it's a brilliant genius level concept it's something that the executive branch Of the United States, i.e. this administration, i.e. the president can initiate without one word further from Congress because of the existing law of existing treaties. It's basically a diplomatic mission. You know, we have diplomats now returned to, you know, Kiev. We've got diplomats even now in the Soviet Union slash Russia slash Putin's Russia. Why could we not open hailing frequencies with Native Americans when the United States of America is in such desperate trouble tonight? Item number five. Um, I was on coast, as I said uh, a little while ago, last week on the 16th, and by an extraordinarily curious coincidence, that was the same night or actually afternoon that the Perseverance rover took a high resolution mass cam image of a collection of objects on a nearby uh, cliff, which looked so provocative that the night after, I'm sorry, the morning after I'd been on coast, which was Thursday night, Friday morning, on Friday morning in the Miami Herald, that's item number five, there appeared a story. NASA discovers mysterious ballast rock on Mars, igniting debate over how it happened, and everybody was off to the races. Well, the more we dug into this, and that's going to be a significant portion of tonight's show, the most extraordinary thing happened. We discovered that there is far more to that collection of objects on that knoll a few feet away if you maybe 100, 200 feet away from the Perseverance rover, as you're going to see shortly, than just a, quote, balanced rock, which it turns out is not a balanced rock. It's something even more. So definitely stay tuned for that. Item number six, as all of this ferment around um, the Pentagon establishing a formal office to investigate UAPs slash UFOs, and the announcement of NASA suddenly deciding, oh, we want to get a piece of that action, so they're opening up a scientific review committee to look at case studies and uh, observations from satellites or wherever of UAPs slash UFOs, and the Russians chiming in, suddenly saying, well, our guys have seen UFOs, and then uh, uh, Dmitry Rogozian, who's the head of the Russian space program coming out the other day and actually saying, well, we could just be kind of an experiment by aliens, like, you know, bacteria under a microscope. Well, Dimitri, that's very comforting. Well, in the midst of all this, uh, China very curiously announced over Twitter. Based on apparent research by this extraordinary large radio dish, the 500-meter aperture spherical radio telescope, uh acronym FAST, F-A-S-T, 500 meters. Well, you know, three times five. It's 1,500 feet in diameter. There's a picture of it there uh, at item number four. Anyway, while the Pentagon is talking about <clears throat> UFOs, meaning there's Guys running around in spaceships, maybe, and the Russians are chiming in, and NASA says they want to uh, want to open a study of the phenomenon, totally separately, of course, and just coincidentally, but you know it, it's kind of interesting. And we're uh, give me a break. Suddenly, out of nowhere, the Chinese say this: the fast Chinese radio telescope has found several possible technical traces and suspected signals of extraterrestrial civilizations said the research team from Beijing Normal University which is further exploring the information and we've gone looking boy are we gone looking we could find nothing further now what I said um, last week still holds don't you find it weird that suddenly western governments are racing to embrace this UAP, maybe ET spacecraft running around Earth's atmosphere slash UFO phenomenon. And out of the blue, China, which of course is one of the three major governments, well, maybe four, if you count the EU, on planet Earth right now, it says, oh, it's found signals from extraterrestrial civilizations may be, and nobody says a word. I mean, Washington is totally tied up in the hearings, and then this week on Friday, yesterday, suddenly it got totally tied up with another incredible news story, um, the Supreme Court overturning of Roe, and there's all the usual stuff going on all over the world. Oh, yeah, there's that thing going on in Ukraine and Putin threatening more nuclear attacks and World War III. In other words, we've kind of got our plate full. And yet, I find it stunning that a major government on this planet, which is mentioned in connection with Ukraine all the time because of the, you know, relevance to uh, Taiwan, nobody has picked up on the story or done any follow-up or pick up a phone or sent a tweet or tried to find out through text. Nothing about the Chinese claiming we found several possible traces of suspected signals from extraterrestrial civilizations. I mean, come on. So what I have done is to give one of our stalwart crewmen a... Um, a a mission. I basically asked Robert Morningstar, who amongst all of us is fluent in, I believe it's Mandarin, which is the predominant uh, uh, variant language of China. And so he has been combing through Weibo and other obscure Chinese internet links to find, as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story. And um, if he has something to contribute, we're going to bring him on a little later in the show. I also would like him to be part of what I call a, a jury, meaning that we're going to talk about some of these images, and I'm going to ask with no background to look at them and render his opinion. Now, next week, um, Kim uh, Saunders, remember our marine uh, nautical architect is going to be with us. He hasn't been on the other side Uh, midnight for a very long time. He's very busy building a very large yacht for some, I don't know, mega-millionaire. That's the folks that can afford them, and you go where the work is. So he's really been flat out, but he will have had time in the next week to take some of the data that we're going to talk about tonight, put it into a numerical, three-dimensional trigonometric calculating program which can derive not only accurate distances but scale size dimension and the 3d nature of the objects that we're going to be discussing which are on mars and i believe firmly are artificial but the computer will help us find out that will all be next saturday evening or morning depending upon where you are and we're also going to be joined I believe, by a surprise and very welcome guest. I I can't quite promise who that's going to be yet. We're working on the details, but um, I will obviously let you know in time to make appropriate arrangements. Okay, with that as for play, how do you like that for mixing our metaphors? We're going to talk tonight about the Pink Martian Road. I mean, I cannot count up how many years I have been doing this and proffering image after image after official image to people who you know should be able to look at it and know what they're looking at and the reaction inevitably is interest and curiosity until they find out where it is and then almost to a person they turn around and run at warp nine, this happened just the other night. Remember how uh, Andrew was telling the story, I think a couple of weeks ago, how at my suggestion, he'd find an architect. He said, you know, suddenly he said, I kind of realized that I knew one who's the father of one of the sons that plays on the same baseball team that he plays on, his son plays on. So he went to the architect during, you know, whatever inning, Well, the kids are on the field and he's sharing on his uh, smartphone the images of the infamous now door on Mars. And he said, what do you think that is? And they zoom around and zoom in and zoom out. And the architect says, well, it's a door. And then Andrew says, well, would you like to know where it is? And the guy says, well, yeah, sure. Where? Mars. The guy gets up. The guide leaves, and they've never spoken again. Tonight, the impact of walking through the Martian door down the Pink Martian Highway. Here on the other side of midnight, my name is Richard C. Hoagland. We shall return.
1: Troubles melt like lemon drops Away above the chimney tops That's where you'll find me Somewhere Oh, why can
2: The other side of midnight.com Tune in to listen to Richard C. Hudland and his fascinating guests. Join Club Nineteen Point Five to get access to exclusive member benefits. Listen to past episodes anytime on any device. Search the archives of over one hundred and eighty episodes. Membership costs nine ninety five a month, thirty three cents a day. Support the broadcaster to provide you with the most interesting conversation available. Thought radio at the cutting edge of science and thought. The other side of midnight.com.
1: If happy little fly
2: beyond the rainbow,
1: why, oh, why?
0: And welcome back to the other side of midnight for this Saturday night. Um, I believe we have Ron with us. Ron, are you there? Ron, are you there? Oh, my switches are set properly. Yes, I'm there, here. There
3: you are. There you are. There you are. Yeah, it was a matter matter of muting.
0: <laughs> Why is it? You know, th- this is going to be. People are going to have tombstones all over the world someday, and there'll be just one line on them. He forgot to unmute. (laughs) Anyway, um, okay, um, what do you think of the opening? Where are we tonight in the investigation of the wonders down the Martian Pink Road?
3: Ah, well, when you put it that way, yes, we are, uh, I think, making some progress because there's an awful lot of stuff that has people interested I even know a couple of people that um, are—they're interested. They would never admit it, and they're currently very interested in two things: the um, uh, the door, which I gather has gotten a lot of um, conversation amongst engineers, and um, (laughs) the—I wonder why. Yeah. Well, nobody disputes that it's artificial. This is yes, they do. NASA put out a whole
0: press release, and there's a whole bunch of yahoos. And I use the term advisedly. Who worked for NASA, who were quoted in—I think it was the Life Science piece—all putting their rep on the line, saying, "Oh, it's just an you know a, a earthquake fault in the rock," and well, if it was real, it would have to be real teeny tiny
1: Martians,"
0: All that pejorative stuff. So yes, uh, there are people. Yeah, but who- that,
3: well, that's talking social media. I'm talking—I mean, uh, I mean on a you know on a private channel and you and you can find bulletin boards where they'll be discussing it, except you won't be able to tell who they are oh yeah you know, the, the fabled
0: anonymity of the internet what would we where yes. would we be if you actually had to stand behind telling people the truth with your name
3: uh yeah, it would cut down all if lot i of the if I could make one
0: you know, I, I I've been looking this is a total diversion I've been looking at Facebook mm. and Zuckerberg and the House and the Senate hearings and the You know, Congress people who obviously are kind of, you know, back in the steampunk era, having no idea what a digital device really can do. And I'm thinking that if I had one magic bullet to recommend that would solve the internet problem 99%, simply make it illegal to post under an assumed false name. If you have an opinion, First Amendment, you have a right to put it out there, but you got to put it out there Under your own name, I will bet you dollars to Navy Beans that 90% of our problems would just go away. Just go away. Because most people are terrified to be out in front all by themselves, naked and alone, under their own nom de plume.
3: I think voluntary anonymity is one of the reasons that any sort of conversation circuit can work. No, it doesn't.
0: Uh, I, no, it doesn't. I, when when someone calls when when someone let me finish when someone calls me on the phone, <clears throat> the first thing I ask is who are you? I don't let anonymous people call me on the phone, engage me in nonsense conversations without asking first who are you?
2: When
0: well, you're in a, when you're right. in, when you're in a public meeting, you know when you're in a, in a legal proceeding, when you're in a a, 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 a political forum. Uh, before the state house or the school board or the wherever you are asked to provide your name. When you call a talk show, they absolutely write down who you are. When you call coast Dan, Tom Danizer, they might not put it on the air, but they damn well know who you are because unless you tell them who you are, you can't go on. Why do we think that in the public forum anonymity is any kind of social grace?
3: Because a lot of people overreact to anybody that opposes their viewpoint. Uh, I was going to cite the do-good letters from um, Benjamin Franklin that are referenced in the National Treasure movie. Right. That was a, lo- that was a long time ago, and he had to uh, issue those anonymously, or somebody would have come and talked to him, even though he was very young at the time. Uh, the, uh, no, I think it's an important part of the process. I, I don't see any problem there when it's a direct contact
0: or it's, someone it's is, interesting. you know, we have diametrically opposed points of view
3: yes,
0: diametrically on this. Yes. So yes. anyway, uh, moving on, I don't want to get hung up on, on, you know, dumb points because that's not the focus okay. of tonight. Hmm. So give people kind of an overview. You say there's a tremendous amount of background discussion on the door. I can. Yeah, well, I said two things, and I only got halfway through it. But go ahead. No, I just. Well, let me let me finish my thought. Um, I can back that up because we have had more response from our audience and George's audience, who kind of came over to see what's going on over here, than in any shows that I've done over the last five or six years. It's because everybody, except for the so-called paid experts on the kit of NASA, the agency basically whores, those people lie. Real people looking at this go, oh my God, it's a door. So please continue.
3: Mm. Yes, and they're mostly, I think, arguing about the um, <laughs> size because nobody buys. See, NASA made a mistake there uh, in telling everybody that it was, what's the what's their current estimation Three based on Bill three oh it's going up to three feet and 30 inches okay um and no, 30 inches yeah, is yeah. only
0: six inches less than three feet so
3: yeah i've heard people claim it's uh was much even smaller than that but in, in any case nobody but uh in general the uh impression people seem to get when looking at the pictures is that no 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 it's bigger than that uh, and it's not just, I think, wishful thinking. They're not expecting it to be a huge opening from from which can um, <laughs> disgorge a huge ogre carrying a knobby club, or Darth Vader's hordes of stormtroopers. Yeah, I think they'd have a nicer door. But this one <laughs> still looks like something out of the belly. Okay, of let me Kings. stop you
0: there. Uh, are Are you participating even anonymously in any of these discussions?
3: Uh well Chris I wouldn't tell you the truth if I was but no so you not I you're, I I I spend no time on social media except to peruse it once in a while I hardly ever post anything i posted the okay. I posted it, a tweet it, like nine it, times it was, ever and it it was not it was not a, not a leading question cuz no, if, if if
0: you are a lurker and you're not interfering in the experiment you know Heisenberg that kind of thing then you mm-hmm. can re- report faithfully the ebb and flow of these conversations Why is everybody so hung up, as I asked last week, on the damn size of the door? Why is a certain size criteria, oh, it's got to be artificial, but it's smaller than that, with all the accoutrements, all the geometry, all the obvious architectural. Oh, no, that's got to be natural, because we know that intelligent beings, i.e. humans, come in a standard size. Where did that incredible erroneous assumption
3: Creep in. Well, I think you're. Uh, I think you're uh, forgetting a, an important factor. Uh, NASA posted the picture, and looking at the raw images, uh, yeah, it's a little square thing, you know, more or less square. That's. Uh, it's not clear. It's all. But any of the enhancements, and it's not like it's in, It's not like it's difficult to do. I, has NASA actually posted any sizable enlargements of it? I don't think so. Are you kidding? Yeah. So no,
0: yeah. That <laughs> they want this to go because... away is I, look. The only reason that we're suddenly getting color images again from Curiosity, which you can speak to with great authority. I mean, for years folks, they've been palming off stupid black and white, bare filtered images that nobody but an expert could love, and suddenly after the door controversy, there's color coming from the Curiosity rover
3: again. Right, Ron? uh yes and uh, that's something i noticed just the other day that subsequent to that uh that tempestuous event last week when uh, <laughs> you lost 19 and a half minutes of your show for the only the first airing it was there in the rebroadcast and the and the repeat that happens the next day uh somebody was fooling around but it's, it does happen i tried to tell you that i swear to you and if you want to take calls And callers from radio stations, you'll find out that stuff happens. It can happen for good reasons, bad reasons, sinister government plots. Okay,
0: you're talking about just for people who may not be,
3: you know, following what's going
0: on. They join us later. You're talking about my appearance on Coast last week, and then simultaneously KFI, the big, you know, what they call it The blowtorch station in LA, uh, Clear Channel, fifty thousand watts. It can be heard all over the world. If the ionosphere is just right, somebody turned it off for 19.5 minutes and I've been saying it's incredibly suspicious. Ron is saying, oh, you don't know how incredibly dumb radio station people can be these days. And so I tried to put it to the test. I it's not out,
3: dumb. I've tripped over wires and radio stations myself. Well, I, it can
0: happen. I sent out a very innocent request to people mm. in the industry, highly placed in the industry, Uh, I can say this, highly placed in Premier, the Premier Radio Mm. Networks, who, of course, should be very concerned if one of their biggest, if not the biggest affiliate drops out right in the middle of their show for 20 minutes and nobody comes back and says, well, you know, we had a cat die or, you know, the the, the poor guy hanged himself or whatever. Just an excuse.
3: Nothing. It could happen.
0: My point is. Yes. I got zero response to my question. Yeah, zero. I'm... Not even a courtesy of, oh, that happens every other week or, you know, I wouldn't worry about that. They had a, you know, cat fart in the middle of whatever. In other words, nothing. They want it to go away. They don't want to answer or think about it. And that, of course, to me says something is wrong.
3: May I offer a suggestion of as course. to an answer? Okay. But it's the, all speculation. Uh, so's on your side. No, it
0: isn't. I have data. I asked a innocent question of someone inside, me... and they will not even answer
3: the question. They ignore That's it. That's part of what I'm trying to answer. Part of what I'm trying to answer, and it even includes a, a particular jab at you. Now, mm. There are plenty of people that would probably have taken the opportunity to make it a problem for you. It's generally pretty hip crews that are hanging around, but you know tubes blow out. Yes, there's still an occasional tube somewhere, and circuits go down. The uh, when something like that happens, what they lose is advertiser related,
1: because remember they run
3: ads. They run ads. And they're not going to admit, if nobody makes a big stink about it and brings it to the public attention, that they were actually off the air for a number of minutes because there was probably a commercial in there. Someday.
0: Listeners reported in, multiple listeners. Yeah, of course they it did. It happened. You, they can't, you know, yeah. it's like trying to hide what Trump did. It happened. Yeah, well, the,
3: the part that made it personal was that it was 19 minutes and change. 19 and, and a that half, was yeah. the, let me finish this. If, if Please, stop it for a second. The, uh, if, if, something, if it goes off, not necessarily because they were trying to – because, believe me, you had a lot of volatile stuff to say, and it wasn't just there in that segment. And like I said, it did repeat. But if it went off and somebody who doesn't like you, who doesn't believe in Martians, who thinks it's all claptrap, but it's a job, so he stays there, says – oh, look, it went off. And they could sit there and tap their pencil until it got to 19 and a half minutes before they flipped their switch back on and recovered simply to make uh, make it a jab at you. In other words, it wasn't uh, at worst. I don't think it was um, an intentional lack of airtime based at you. It was somebody taking advantage of that in the studio that doesn't like... You say.
0: But it doesn't what any make any say. damn difference. All it did was call attention. You know the old Hollywood that expression? Too. Hang on. Yeah. You know That's the nice. old Hollywood expression, when you have a problem, hang a lantern on it? What they did was mm-hmm. hang a lantern on Hoagland, Mars, data, images, oh, someone censoring Oh, I've got an internet. I can go look up. I can play the replay. I can switch to KOGO. I can do anything. In other words, it had nothing to do with the worldwide broadcast on coast that night of what I was saying. All it did was call attention in Georgia's backyard that somebody Mm -hmm. at KFI does not want this on the air. And that only makes it more extraordinarily intriguing. In other words, it was exactly counterproductive to whatever this idiot, if it was done for that reason, was intending yeah. to do.
3: It could have been to draw publicity. I was thinking of the other Hollywood phrase, which is there's no such thing as bad publicity. Oh. You know, it didn't hurt anything. It didn't hurt anything. You were uh, – uh, people were listening, and they had a – as I understand it, they had a sizable upsurge in their – typical audience, especially for, you know, a Thursday night than uh, uh, just because you were in there. So, and you know, see, what was Mars. interesting
0: is that they let me talk on the first hour about NASA, the weird politics, the relationship with the Pentagon, UAPs, all of that stuff. Yeah. The second hour I had reserved, I told George at a time, I want to do mm. the Mars doorway and the surrounding incredible architecture and what this means in the second hour. So I started. That's when they turned it off. They only turned it back on when we went to questions. So it was obviously directed at the content, may have been directed at me, totally pointless because all it did was hang a lantern on it. And it's like, to, to me, it was weirdly reaffirming. I mean, my worst case scenario is that nobody gives a damn. And I've spent all the last half century doing this. And ultimately, nobody cares. Well, you Obviously. know, that's not true. No, I don't know anything. I think I will know when there is a major political paradigm shift and people take back control of their space agency and get it to do what it was supposed to do 50 years ago, which is to tell us the truth about what's really out there
3: and our relationship to it. Uh Well, uh, could I intrude for a brief second here with another picture to uh, cause more trouble? Oh, by all means, I love trouble. Okay, okay. look at uh, all you people out there. You can either follow the the, uh, complex instructions about clicking on the banner and clicking on the names and clicking on the show, or you can simply scroll down, assuming you're already looking at Richard's stuff, and uh, get to my stuff. Look at number three. Richard, I don't think Richard has seen this one before either.
0: Well, I'm going there. Let me see. I've got the right pew, as my grandmother would say. So I want three in your items, right? Right. Yeah. And I've, see, I've, okay, I've, got, I've, I've got 18 items tonight, so you're going to want to scroll. Yeah, I know. No. I'm, yeah, I'm sticking. Right, so uh, at,
3: take a look at, at the... that. You see a, mm-hmm. you see a typical movie-type r- uh, red Martian landscape, right? Oh, my God. Click on it and zoom in. I am. What's yeah, that thing it? in
0: the bottom right corner?
3: No, no, not the thing at the bottom right corner. Uh, look up uh, look up at the at the main body of whatchamacallit there.
0: Okay, I'm, I'm looking.
3: Yeah. Don't you see the door? Well, it's, a, it's triangular, but it's a I'm door looking
0: lane. at, when I say the bottom right corner, I mean the, the slab, the tilda slab, oh, the... not the corner of the picture, the corner of the object. Yeah, there's a big dam. Yeah. Looks like a door. Yeah, with even a with a little front
3: porch. Exactly. Well, <laughs> oh, that's cute. Now, yeah. So add that add that to the mix. Now, do yeah. you see the the face right above it? Yeah, I process the picture. Of course, I do. Well, I don't
0: know. I have to ask. Even apparent dumb yeah. questions.
3: Yeah. Other people
0: might not, unless we say. By the way, cut. see these ancient cultures well (laughs) they will now the the later ones had this incredible propensity doing faces all over everything artwork abounds in this stuff they chiseled and you know chipped and scratched and you know rubbed and whatever they did there are effigies and they're not just human so it's not pareidolia it is Mm
1: -hmm. there's
0: other guys up there other species the doorway seems to be a cornucopia of different species, all represented by statuary and effigies and um, what do they called? Um, Freezes. Faience. Or faeances. Although, don't yeah. faeances apply to kind of candle holders or something? Anyway, um, mm. the point is, it, the art is all over the damn place. Uh, was, was Keith, was Kinthea was, able to join us tonight? Just tell us.
3: To Morgan. Oh, dear. I'm tempted to make a snoring noise just to make everybody laugh. (laughs) Okay, well,
0: he will eventually get back to us. Because Kintia, of course, has been on the art aspect of Mars from the get-go. And everything we found has totally reaffirmed that historically, in mythos, in legend, in you know Babylonian text wherever Mars has been misnamed. it is not or should not be, the planet of war. it's the damn planet of art. It makes the caves at Lazoo look like you know uh, somebody's scratch notebook by comparison. They put things on everything, everything, and they're the typical Martian art where they relate several three-dimensional figures for an overall gestalt of association. So it's both art and symbol and communication all in one.
3: By the way, there's... Go ahead. I was going to say, these days, only artists appreciate that. There's one artist that I'm aware of that's made a whole career out of it, but he doesn't tend to do faces. He's an Israeli artist of some renown named Yaakov Agam, A-G-A-M. Mm. And he does. Uh, he does. It's mostly geometric stuff, but it's all three dimensional in unusual ways, uh, mm. visual or even physical. And um, yeah, it's if you look his stuff up, you go, "Oh wow, look at that!" But um, yeah, like I said, he doesn't do faces. But I I know he'd appreciate it. Um, beyond that, it's up to the audience. Uh, <clears throat> if you go all the way back through history. As far as the, statu- the source of the statuary that you see in museums goes, uh, most of it, certainly back through the Greco and Roman periods, uh, was painted. Those beautiful white marble statues, they would use this flawless stone, cut <laughs> these incredibly beautiful uh, statues, and then paint them to look lifelike, oh, like a mannequin please. in a store window, you oh, know. My God. And, which has all worn off. And so I I think we suffer some of that on Mars. Um, Oh,
0: I do, too. I mean, you know, the Martian conditions, even with my adjustment that they've been lying to us about, among other things, the atmosphere for half a century. And when mm -hmm. that started, I mean, that's a whole show in and of itself. I've gone back now and looked at the original Mariner 4 records, which was the first time we had an actual in situ measurement of the atmosphere of Mars. That's where we got the current, you know, it's thinner than 100,000 feet and all that. And every ensuing mission has only, we've been told, well, it just added more data, you know, more decimal points to, it's really, really, really super thin, one one hundredth of the air that we're breathing tonight, uh, most of us anyway, and you would die instantly of asphyxiation if you walked outside your spacecraft uh, without a a spacesuit or, or a mask. Oh, and you'd also explode. So that's the kind of Martian environment, which, again, we can prove scientifically they have been lying about. A whole damn planet lying, lying, lying for 50 years. And what I find dazzling and so perplexing is how all the scientists in the scientific community who can look at this the same way that we can and have to reach the same conclusion because it's just elemental physics nobody's blown the whistle. I mean, is the corruption that deep that there's no honest planetologist out there or meteorologist or climatologist or a person who thinks synoptically about planets and atmospheres who takes a look at the imagery and the data and says, wait a minute, we got a problem, Houston, or in this case, Pasadena. Nobody. How does one enforce that incredibly rigorous going along with the party line. I mean, it's baffling to me. Look at how the whole the Trump thing is falling apart. All the in crowd can't wait to get in front of a microphone and a TV camera to blow the whistle. How come this is not happening inside NASA? This, to me, is a non... But these guys also also have paychecks, and they'll never get another job if Trump spots them as an enemy. They'll wind up pushing... Pushing garbage somewhere because it uh, has actually, a very long actually, memory. And let's not get diverted because we can't solve it tonight. I just want to know why up. is yes because by other <laughs> normal political comparisons, people think they rat. They, they 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 you know they they come forward. They they tell the truth.
3: Nobody likes a traitor. That's what it amounts to.
0: Then why are we having all these other whistleblowers all through history, particularly now where there are laws protecting whistleblowing? As an institution, if you can't do a forensic on what's going on inside a government agency, there is no accountability. NASA has not been accountable to the people who pay the bills, the American taxpayer, from the beginning. They're they're getting
3: getting somewhere. Compare it to the Federal Reserve, which has never been audited.
0: Well, yeah, they're the same boat. So the Federal Reserve is about something important, money. NASA, in most people's minds, is about something totally unimportant, space. How could that possibly impact my life? I mean, I I think that's 90% of the problem, because I have learned in the decades I've been on this planet that the one thing that does get attention is money. If there was money and personal Um, detriment associated with NASA's doing what they're doing behind the scenes and giving us a false front Western town, there would be accountability, but it literally is so removed from most people's perception that they cannot begin to imagine that anybody lying about a planet has any relevance to their everyday lives.
3: And we got about 30 Uh,
0: seconds. How long? 30 seconds
3: Okay uh, Think about this Are you aware of the uh, fact that much of the stuff That is held secret Has been farmed out From all available evidence to the private sector
0: Well not the Perseverance mission Not these incredible Well no not a
3: specific mission But, yeah, but- like everything they glean from it Well hold on, let me finish the, in a few seconds Why How much money is Lockheed Martin And everybody else making off of that The amount of money that is uh, in that private research is staggering beyond belief. So that would be enough motivation.
0: Part of the wisdom is if you think there's a lot of money in the National Space Program now, imagine what would happen if we actually found life out there and ruins and amusement parks, Martian arcades, longevity clinics, God knows what. As someone said to me many years ago, but Dick, if this was real, it would be a gold card for NASA. Why would they turn it down? And that is the conundrum. You're on the other side of midnight on a Saturday night here in the land of enchantment where the rain, the monsoons are coming down. We shall return to the incredible stories tonight originating wild, wild west away And welcome back on this Saturday night, June 25th, 2022. Did I ever imagine that I'd be saying those words? And further, did I ever imagine I'd be saying them to an entire planet? Because now with the Internet, we are literally worldwide and around the planet on the other side of midnight. From the great American Southwest, the land of enchantments. My favorite place of all, New Mexico. Okay, Ron. Uh, Why don't we go back to the data, if I can get the right screen up here. I want everyone to go to my number seven, okay? And you can follow along, right? When you first started looking at this so-called balanced rock, what were some of your
3: impressions? Uh, Mine? Yep. Uh, First one was it didn't look like a balanced rock because (laughs) – Balance rocks always have the the relationship with the what you'd call the pedestal uh, is different than anything shown here, Uh, you know, in the ones that NASA released. And I said, why did they do that? You know, there's occasionally a there's a there's a curiosity picture that's got a uh, it's not round like that, but it's, you know, it's sort of uh, walnut-shaped thing sitting on top of a bluff, as they would call it. And, you know, there's no rationale for it sitting there, but it sits. There's room for this to sit, so why are they calling it a balanced rock? It doesn't look like it's about to fall off. But you look at it closely, and you can see that it's, there's actually more to it that we can't quite see. They just took advantage of an image that was positioned, and I don't think they plotted it out. Uh, they said, oh, look here. This looks like a rock balanced on the tip of another rock. But... If you zoom in on it on any of the, I noticed there's several versions of it up tonight. Uh, The uh, you can see there's a little something down below it. I think that there were probably two of them, and the I don't know what that other one alongside with the caption on your, I I can't. No, that's the inset. Yeah, I said okay. It's a. See what I did is I put
0: it on large inset. I lightened it up so you can clearly see. Like a diamond, you know, and any guy out there that's given a ring to a gal, you know, they you work very hard for not only the diamond or the gemstone, but the setting, the mount, this so-called balanced rock, which is actually uh, broken off part of a cylinder, is on mm. a tapered pedestal that appears to be jutting up from behind the tipped over monolith looking like it had been literally stolen from, uh, you know, uh, uh, Maria's Stonehenge, Stonehenge. And, and flown to Mars. I mean, if that thing, if you found that at Stonehenge, you wouldn't think two things about it. It's obviously a dressed block. You don't get long, perfectly cut, tangular, massive monoliths in nature. You just don't. So it's shaped, it's dressed, it's been artificially worked and it's tilted. In fact, both of them, that and the, and the kind of pointed one right to the, upper left of it with the rock Mm. or the balance thingy up between. To me, it looks like you've got two separate monolith size things. And then you've got this cylindrical thing on a mount, tapered mount sticking up. And it's probably on a pole that we can't see extending down to the ground, which is just at the very bottom of the image. And my thinking, given that my overall impression of this whole complex, which means we're going to want to go. I think to another view. Let me uh tell you which one you want to go to. I think Keith has a good one.
3: In his yeah, section. let's 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 go to Keith's, Okay. Uh, I think I think I I think I processed the original image, but it's still it's, well. It's let's, a, let's, still a valid claim, even though I'm okay, citing something okay. I did. I'm, I'm, I'm looking. Yeah. At, no, Keith yeah. doesn't have it up there. I don't think.
0: Keith, do you? Because I can't no, find Keith. Does where where yeah. oh no 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 not the good version this is the crummy nasa version i need the process version so Man, did you put up did, did you put up your qual- i hate that colors wrong oh let's all right let's go to number 2 well, okay let's go to yeah. number 2 of rons all right Sol 466 combo boy these are huge images uh, all right but if you scroll around you'll see that there is, particularly if you look at number, the bottom right corner of your number of your four quad, that kind of gives uh-huh. you the overall view. There's the ballast rock, which isn't. There's the tilted monoliths. All those other things up there, they're all part of some kind of organized collection of stuff. It reminded me of, uh, I'm this is a term that I'll just use, you know, Kind of like an ancient Martian amusement park, like a Martian Disneyland or whatever. And so I was thinking of this thing on the pole as a kind of a rotating um, ball or cylinder that would be near the entrance as you walked up as a visitor or a pilgrim or whatever, and it has faces on its sides. So if it rotated, the faces may actually be identifiable by whoever was contemporaneous You know, being tourists of this place. In other words, wouldn't it be interesting if the Ingenuity helicopter, which is not very far away, could have been commanded or could still be commanded to fly a few, you know, 30, 40 feet, get an aerial view, a bird's eye view, a drone's eye view of this complex looking down. So we see the exact three dimensional arrangement of all this amazing stuff up there, and instead from NASA, on the subject of helicopters taking images of this, there is deafening silence.
3: Uh, yeah, on that uh, four, on that quad that you're citing, the four panels there. The uh, just so everybody's clear. The upper, uh, left is the raw image that has the image number on it. And everything else is, of course, from there, but they're, uh, uh, they're all enhanced to various degrees. The lower right is, yes, it's a little bland, but I did it that way so that more detail was available for the, uh, uh, you know, for the viewing. It's, uh, eh, that's the hardest thing. There are the artwork and especially things like carvings can be so sophisticated and usually are that depending on the lighting you'll see something a little different so unless they're fairly light which is usually what nasa goes for even though their raw images can have other problems uh you'll sh- see the maximum detail but it's probably darker than that you know the uh uh the the snake which some people think is a dragon some people think it's a draco from the reptilian invaders uh, and I, I okay. I'm fine with it I'm fine with any of those I am more comfortable like with, with dinosaur because we've we've got di- dinosaur we've got
0: dinosaurs
5: uh, can you guys hear me yes uh, there Keith. you are Keith hi I stepped away for a bit um, yeah
3: Keith I know Keith has some depth of thought about that particular panel
5: it, when I when I first saw the balanced rock, I was like, nobody sees the snakehead sticking out the, <laughs> the top. Yeah. And but then uh, I saw that it was an article somebody had also saw it uh, and saw as a snakehead. But after actually looking at it really intensely, it looks like a bear or badger, more like a badger. And if you look at the overall. Down below the head, there is a paw with claws on it. It's a big.
3: Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, the, I don't know. Yeah, and, I think, I still think it's a dragon. Those look like little wings, to, yeah, well, just to the just to the right of the face.
5: But, well, it's, it's it's just like what showed up in in Utah. People went in to look at the monolith that was there, right? And and nobody mm-hmm. saw the puma head sticking out the side of the freaking wall. Mm. And then on the right side, there was something – I couldn't make out what it was, but there was this nice little S-curve that – like I said, that doesn't look natural. And then when I saw a shot that looked down into that little valley, that on the, r- la- the right side was this huge cat head. We're
0: talking about Earth now in Utah, right?
5: Right. Okay. Because great. this stuff is standing right in front of us, right here on this planet. Well, and John, Womack and and
0: John Womack, you and I have been discussing for some time
5: that right here on earth
0: there appears to be counterparts of some of this exquisite artistry geoglyphs on the rocks art on the mesas art on the whatever and no one has recognized it for two reasons one nobody in the right mind has been looking for this stuff ever and two erosion on earth is so vicious and rapid and permanent that anything beyond a few thousand years is kind of hopelessly blended into the background unless you kind of know what 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 you're looking at and i think that if the stuff on mars that we're seeing as art as created dioramas and you know uh, like you know martian disneyland whatever if that's real and it's 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 uh, was done by the last high culture on Mars and then they had to come here then potentially the two sets of effigies in the rocks, the effigies in the landscape the geoglyphs that Keith Laney's talked about forever and ever that he sees in the MRO imagery and we're seeing now all over in the surface rover imagery and Keith and I saw instantly when the, when the so-called monolith <coughs> in Utah first became you know, news And we're looking at the whole damn canyon walls and going, wait a minute, what about all that stuff? In fact, we're going to have Scott Walter on in a couple of weeks. You know who he is, the host of uh, America Unearthed. He's going to be back on, and we're going to be able to run by him for the first time comparisons between what we see on Earth in the way of this mega geoglyphic art and what we're seeing on Mars. And we're going to get an honest opinion from a professional. Scott Walter right here on the other side of midnight. So I think that's going to be two Saturdays from now, I think Um, I will let you know next week, but I think that's roughly when we're planning to do this two Saturdays from now. Anyway, so back to you, Keith. So when you looked at this, you saw all the other stuff up there that the Miami Herald didn't talk about
5: or Yeah, The snakehead. uh, i it was my first impression it was a snakehead, but uh, I looked at it again, and I see it's the, the badger or, or something along that line and and then I looked in the bigger picture that actually has the section behind it, and there's actually a huge uh gila monster in 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 this in this section in the back of it, mm-hmm. and its arm comes down with a claw. And and the neck curves under and the eye, which looks the section where the eye is, there is this perfect 90 degree right angle section of it looks like a a, a L, a capital L laying on its back.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, you you realize that if we can get Musk to go here, Jezero, with his starship and his hundred crew and all the technology he's going to bring with him. He could do the forensic archaeology and start by simply going up here and looking for one of the damn guidebooks. (laughs) Now, of course, we have to translate from the original High Martian, or maybe we wouldn't. I mean, this opens up such a can of worms, because if we're right, if our model is correct, that we're looking at our great, 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 great grandmothers, and they ported all this stuff over from Mars when they had to leave to Earth then we may have a code key to the language in which this was originally written, be it Mayan or Egyptian or Aramaic or maybe Sanskrit or something that uh, we haven't unearthed yet. The point is, once you establish a potential terrestrial connection, there's no limit to what we can find out both about what occurred on Mars and in my model what probably occurred here on Earth.
3: I could add a little craziness to this. Oh, by
0: all means. Well, a lot I of love craziness. Are,
3: since a lot of people are still looking at the uh, that four uh, panel, I kind of like the format. It makes it yeah, easier it on the viewer, and it's a lot easier on the person putting the um, stuff up, like in this case, Keith. The lower, on the lower left, that's obviously an enhanced one. And the, uh, see the two pointy things in the middle? Yes, uh,
1: Yeah. That
3: that looks to me, and I have a reason for specifics here. uh, Looks like a little hedgehog. The reason it looks like a little hedgehog to me is that I happen to have just a foot and a half away from me. It's a keepsake from many many years ago from an old girlfriend that is a little stifle uh, stuffed animal, and it's about you know what five inches high, and it's a little hedgehog and except for it being spiny and this isn't the resemblance is uncanny so that's what that's why it caught my eye it was just like ecclesiastes a little stuffed hedgehog um the uh but it goes but what what else do you get uh you get it very up very close to something on the right and if you look at it there's a bit of a face there. You see the nose, you see the mouth, possibly with a mustache above it. And it's like they're about to kiss. I mean, it's like somebody picking up their pet to give it a bus. And the the squareness above it is like the headdress of an Orthodox um, Roman Catholic, you know, like Eastern Branch, they wear those square hat kind Mm. of headdress uh, hoods things and so there's, there's all sorts of possibilities about this and I owe oh, a tiny little tidbit about the so-called balance rock if you look at it closely on the right side it, ap- it appears that it is indeed flat and there's a darkness there that indicates it's possibly hollow so it's you know it's like a cup or something in shape and it could also be one of those death stalks that, uh, from the H.G. Wells novel about the Martians you know, it um, was made into a radio show that supposedly scared people and then a movie or two. You know, the, uh, It looks just like they're de- one of their death ray things. So maybe that's what that is, the death ray to catch anybody that gets into the amusement park paying the fare. I don't know. But, uh, you know, there's always other layers to this.
0: <laughs> you mean if you, you didn't,
3: if you didn't buy a ticket? They literally zapped you with a ray from
0: that thing.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. That's oh. what happened to the Martians. Their economy collapsed. Nobody could afford to pay to go to the park anymore, and so the automated defense mechanisms vaporized <laughs> all of <laughs> uh, all of their population. Uh, and someone the, just uh, tuning in is going to say, "Okay, Hoagland's really
0: lost it tonight." Okay, let well, me let me be, be tune in. in. Let me be, It can happen. It can okay, happen. Go, go ahead. ahead. Yes. Anything okay. <laughs> What's so, so interesting to me is that this whole idea that Mars is a kind of an art-based Rorschach test is another interesting filter for what I think is one of the most provocative and exciting possibilities. Because I've been, obviously, since Robin died, I've been very, you know, gripped to the idea of death. Why Why do we die? Why do we have to keel over, at, you know, 70, 80, 90, whatever, and... You know, why can't we live like some cells from I forget who that uh, famous Mary was whose cells are still alive in a Petri dish, you know, almost a century after they were collected? What is it about life in 3D that condemns us to, you know, a very fast and uh, brief trip? And is that ordained? So I've been thinking a lot of very, you know, non-scientific thoughts, and I've really been trying to come at this from – the physics perspective, which is if our three-dimensional existence is really bounded by a four-dimensional and higher reality, and there are ways to communicate between these dimensions, then are we really here? Is it possible that life, certainly consciousness on Earth, as I've discussed countless times with Georgia and many others on the show, that we are a, a projection consciousness from a higher dimension into this dimension and these forms these vessels these vehicles that we walk around in and use you know bodies are just you know kind of like discardable thingies in some kind of vr experiment and when we die no we just kind of go back home and we actually never left and the whole thing is the communication between dimensions which again from my mm-hmm. careful observation is very, 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 very low bandwidth. And that goes up and down with time of day, time of week, time of month, time of year with the seasons, with the alignment with the huge black hole in the center of the Milky Way. In other words, the physics, the torsion field hyperdimensional connection is modulated. If part of that connection there's literally our consciousness, our ability to experience the world, in surrogate VR, you know, uh, robotic meat wagons, then a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense makes stuff makes sense, including the concept of reincarnation. So that comes to the test. Some people that I'm shown, uh, I'll call it Ron's cluster, to hmm. uh, can't see a thing. I can't even see that the damn ball is not a ball and is sitting on a obviously machine pedestal. Other You people, want to give him a
3: raw shot test? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me finish. Yeah, that okay.
0: Yeah. Other people yes. like Andrew, who Andrew Curry, who was our resident artist, works with Hollywood, works with commercials, works with television, storyboards, narrative and visual form, imaging, video, all of that. He took one look the other night and said, "Oh my god, Don't give it away. It's filled with faces. Okay. I'm not going to give it away. Don't worry. Anyway, so uh, my attitude is until you tell me what you see, I'm not going to tell you, A, if you're right, and B, where it is. But there are such stunning confirmations of some of the things that you and John and I talked about last week that are on this little complex right above where the rover used to be parked for days and days, taking photograph after photograph that I'm desperately wishing that some bright person somewhere in JPL will say, why don't we fly the helicopter over this? You were going to say.
3: Yeah, I was going to say that uh, I built in a Rorschach test here. I just didn't. And you you weren't talking about it, so it's fine. But uh <laughs> I, I am and, and Keith very presciently did not spell it out because i had a, a descriptive title for it and he didn't use that it's just the image number uh it's from a it's from a you know a week and a half of uh or two of uh, uh, mars time earlier but so it's somewhere around there and i don't think nasa noticed it i think just in the Wait a minute. Uh, are we talking about your quad uh no oh oh, we're we're talking yeah i'm about to say what image uh it's uh they i think they just said oh okay catalog that and they took a picture of it because it's just one what image nothing contiguous number four number four ah i knew it was number four yeah yeah take a look at the top and and nobody say what it is
0: oh my god look oh it's i you know i've been watching it on the small screen upstairs in the library this is the yeah. first time I've seen it on the big screen down here in the studio. And see, I, see it. I showed this to Andrew the other night, and he had the same reaction. He said, holy catfish, Batman,
3: and a few other things. Yeah, I think it's the, clear, I think it's the clearest indication I have ever seen on Mars, myself. Uh, and, that, and that's it's, saying it's, something, because you know, Ron oh. spends half
0: of his time on Mars.
3: Right, and the rest of the time, the rest of the time, I'm I'm falling down drunk or so. No, not really. Uh, but I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm I'm prone to I'm prone to enjoy the occasional naturally occurring hallucination. Oh my that.
0: God, been, that is, and that's not the best we can do. That was. Just, oh no, I that, that was just quick and dirty.
3: I have well, no, it wasn't quick and dirty. I have a bigger uh, wallpaper size. I don't mean in your house. I mean in your laptop right, uh right. version that I sent it to Keith but he didn't have time to put it up you know he said it's, um,
0: well we're going to have uh, a lot of time next weekend to do you know we need to send yeah. this to uh, to Tim now did you spot the giant eyeball
3: on which one, you, the, one the one we're one talking on
0: about the top one the bottom the, uh, the, 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 this this is a, a doublet with the wide angle yeah. mascam z right on the bottom yeah and then on the top is an enlargement of the amazing, amazing, amazing stuff at the end of that mesa, which is not a Mesa. Well, maybe right. technically it is. And yeah. if you want to know where the eyeball is, look on the top, on the far right, bottom third of your image.
3: hmm You see it? Oh, uh, yeah. He How says, can he see on the top right and the bottom third at the same time? He's on the right edge about a third of the way up.
0: Well, it's you see where that slope is? Yeah.
3: Well, it's on the slope. Yeah. Uh actually there's three uh protuberances on the on that uh, the Kodiak or the Bear Temple or whatever mm-hmm. NASA and everybody else decided to claim it that are um uh yeah, I don't have an uh one of these days oh I should Oh my and, and I now rec- I now
0: recognize what I'm seeing. On what I call the plaza. Remember I called attention to the plaza? And I'm now seeing it's another exquisite art form. Oh Mm -hmm. my God. Can you imagine? There is somewhere locked in a sealed room. There is pristine Martian art that was the equivalent to the, you know, uh, Mona Lisa. You could hang it in the Louvre. Even if it's hmm. thirty thousand years old, it's been sealed away, waiting for us to come back. It's there. This is the ancient exposed stuff. Imagine what this stuff looked like when it was new and in a different medium. And where is Cynthia? When I need to talk to her.
5: I'm looking at Ron's number four, the lower half, the one yeah. wide shot. Yep.
0: Yeah. And but I it's... see what
5: looks like home plate with a circle in it, or it. it in the uh, Yeah, that's what
0: I call the plaza.
5: That's what you call the okay. plaza.
0: Yeah.
5: That is yeah, weird. Yeah,
0: keep I mean, the full I'm, frame. I'm kind of here in New Hello? Mexico, which is, you know, Mexico new American Southwest plazas are big. Instantly I saw it was a plaza. A manufactured design plaza.
3: Yeah, that's the full frame at the bottom. I try to do that when I can so that it gives its own context. Now, what what we need to
0: do is to set the context. This is the real color of Mars. Mars has a blue sky, a very bright Mm -hmm. blue sky, which again goes back to this conundrum that I cannot solve. How do you get away with lying about an entire planet for half a century to a whole planet? Us, Earth, and NASA Mm. has. They've been absolutely lying about Mars, the environment, and they've been getting away with it. Why? Well,
3: I think it's baggage. I think they, I think they came up with a narrative before they were had any idea how much information they actually would. But and science could always can say,
0: "Oops, we're wrong." That's what science is. Remember Isaac Asimov? I know. He said, "Science is the only human institution which avidly, aggressively looks for error." Remember Viger? Error, mm. error. Error and tries to get rid of it by correcting it with new, better information. NASA has been stuck for half a century on this absurd view of Mars, which bears no relation to the real physics of the place, as anybody out there all over the world listening to us tonight can verify for themselves.
3: Yeah, and the funny thing is that uh, Hollywood and uh, other such fictional outlets, uh, has portrayed it fairly accurately most of the time. I mean, in the Martian movie, which is not perfect, but the only thing that's really wrong in the visuals is the sky. They have that uh, impossibly uh, butterscotch sky everywhere. And if they had had simply broken ranks and given us a blue sky...
0: Why why does that remind me of an old Western song?
3: Oh, buttermilk sky... Oh, Butterscotch Sky. <clears throat> sorry, sorry. Boy, that must be an old song. Never heard that one. Uh, I just I'm made just... it up. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, good. I'd feel better. But, see, the reason I mentioned the Martian movie is that they shot that. You know, it, it was not just CGI. They did a lot of shooting in places like Jordan, I think. And so they have lovely blue skies. Well, are you
0: talking it's... about the famous John Carter Disney plan no, megaplop? We'll get...
3: We'll get to that okay. uh, and uh, the uh, No, the one with Matt Damon
0: oh, uh, oh, the one I haven't seen And the no, reason yeah, I haven't yeah, seen but, it Is because the plot line is so Incredibly boring Like, who the hell cares? Yeah,
5: we're not by the break here Yeah,
0: I'm, <laughs> I'm, of, I'm, I'm whoops, whoops, whoops. See, I'll stop Well, let's, let's just a past the break The bottom of the hour doesn't count anyway, so continue
5: Okay,
3: yeah, okay Well. It's, it's, yeah, there isn't much more The point is that they shot it uh, they did a lot of location shooting in places like uh, Jordan and so forth. And so they could have left it alone. So they had to go to a lot of CGI trouble to give it a brown sky yes. to match the NASA narrative. So I, that was probably necessary in order to get the little credit at the end saying NASA helped us a lot. And we really kissed their boots See, in I gratitude. See, I want to know
0: how you get experts, professionals who pride themselves on being professional, on being persons of integrity, who take one look at these pictures and listen to NASA say, "Oh, the atmosphere is equivalent to Earth above 100,000 feet," they take one look hmm. and they go, "Those guys are full of it. There's no way that's an atmosphere on a planet that's as, as you know non-dense atmospherically as uh, over 100,000 feet on Earth." And yet, nobody, even those with zero connection through a money trail to any paycheck ever from NASA, they will not tell the truth. How does a government agency enforce planet-wide this kind of lockstep of zombie-like behavior on something so amazingly simple?
5: Said out said 450,000 years ago that Mars yeah. had rivers and lakes. Not a million, not a billion. 450,000 years ago, something devastated that planet in that yep. short period of time. But he said you could be on the surface without a fish suit, Mm -hmm. and and the fish suit from their language was a space suit from what we understand. And I think a seal suit was another form of less intrusive as having to have a pressurized fish suit. So I think the the fish suit and the seal suit symbols that are next to the doorway are indicating that that was a, a storage closet or emergency access for fish suit or um, seal suit access so that they had to get it because the planet's atmosphere was starting to have some turbulent stuff going on.
1: See,
0: this and is Margie- the problem.
5: We're 35
0: million miles away. We can speculate all we want, and
5: yeah. we'll never know.
0: Your yeah. ideas about this are as good as mine, as good as Ron's, as good mm-hmm. as Kim's, but there is a way to know. We just need to get the information to a guy that already knows. His name is Elon Musk. He's spending a lot of money to take a lot of people to Mars. Apart from the government, unless there's a sea state change in the honesty at NASA, the only way we're going to ever get the truth is through private enterprise. That has a kind of nice ring to it. Private enterprise that goes there, blows the doors off the cover up and shows humanity what we're missing.
3: Yeah. How can anybody top that?
0: Okay, let me go back to your picture. I wanted to explain that it looks like Earth because Mars is like Earth, except the composition of the atmosphere. Now, remember, back to, you know, chemistry 101, all molecules are basically the same size, regardless of what they're made of. So, you know, molecules of hydrogen are the same as molecules of nitrogen or carbon dioxide or oxygen or um, I'm trying to think of like like helium nobel gas they're all often the same size so they scatter light the same way and they all would produce a blue sky if you had enough of it in abundance on a planet like obviously we have on mars so that's where the blue sky comes from the color is and and the shapes are because you're looking from percy on a rather high perch climbing up what's called the delta this ancient river uh Extrusion of muds from a crack in the crater wall to the west, where huge amounts of water, back when water could flow on Mars freely, flowed, pooled in this 30-mile-wide crater, creating a lake with all kinds of marine kind of stuff going on, and you're looking then past one of those uh, eroding pediments of the delta, which obviously was reshaped by a much more contemporaneous civilization, And then beyond it, that other set of gently brownish stuff, that's the far rim of the Jezero crater itself. And you're looking roughly west, well, maybe southwest, okay? But it's what they did to this particular cliff face. The art, the three, I mean, it looks like um, Petra, except
3: on steroids, yeah, well it's good you mentioned that because there is a it is a cave entrance. I think that it's basically yes. collapsed, but it's uh, I'm calling it a cave, but I mean the the whole thing could be constructed, but it kind of looks like uh it was, you know, in it, there was already something there naturally and um they made use of it like Petra and um yep. added to it as, as necessary. But um yeah, the but they they, they won't go back they never go back to these these grab shots as they're driving by. It's not that it's the only place. It's just funny that they seem to have missed this one. I just really get that feeling. The only- or, the only
5: or. In artwork in number four.
3: I mean, it's it, it it filled with
5: artwork. artwork. It's overwhelmingly
0: yeah, it,
3: artwork. Oh, okay. and Keith is right. There's a hell of a lot more of it to the right of what you see here. Like I said, I like to uh, offer up the um, – sometimes I'll use a panorama. And um, inside baseball, it's okay, not because I taken, want to spread the t- – Okay,
0: this was taken on Sol 411. I'll tell you what, let's go back to yeah. my items because I actually have a overview okay. showing where Percy is. I thought that might be useful tonight. So what you want to do is go to my number eight. Everybody go to my section, click on number eight. This is an overview – of the perseverance wanderings, the perambulations of wandering around the surface of Jezero crater on Mars. And you can see that it started at the very bottom in the middle of the picture. It started with the landing there. Then they traveled south for a while out of frame. Then they came back north and they wended their way up to the right, and then they went to the west of one of those two large twin craters. Up around the curve, starting to head west, down and down. Then you see the two blue balloons. The first one is the location currently of Ingenuity. And the second one is where uh, Perseverance is. Well, it's shot looking... You see that curved mesa below where Percy currently is? That brownish thing kind of between the traverse squiggly lines
3: come on guys yeah and it's got it's got what looks like two blocks kind of staring at each other across a uh, ridge
0: well it's 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 a nice curve which is raised you can see a shadow
3: sitting on a flat
0: flat yeah that's the one that's what we're looking at in close-up 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 taken from much closer and this Mm -hmm. map doesn't show the what they call the solves what you need to do is to go back to my next shot which is number nine I don't believe that Lily I don't believe you did that okay number nine and you can see here I've got two of the locations on this rambling traverse you know map the the kind of wanderings of perambulations of uh, perseverance Sol 386 a Sol is a Martian day so it's a number of days since Percy landed uh, last year and Saul 387, one Martian night apart, okay? So if you follow that all the way around, you would see, and we're not going to do it tonight live. You can do it when you go to the interactive. Um, you can actually find where it was when it took that stunning oblique view of this incredible art expose entrance to the cliff, till the, to the mesa, whatever. And we haven't gotten to the good stuff yet. They're literally in the foothills. So as long as we're on 387 and 386, what I wanted to call attention to is that if you go back and look um, at my overview, which is number eight, where it makes the bend over there by the craters, kind of where it makes the curve at the top, that's mm-hmm. where Perseverance was on two successive Sol's when it took the most extraordinary set of images we're going to spend a lot of the rest of the evening talking about. So now what we want to do is we want to go to number 10. Because on one of these images that was sent to me uh, by Georgia, I noticed something absolutely bizarre. So I went looking, and it's taken me several days to look at the overhead MRO information from orbit looking down, and then the surface imagery looking out, the Hascams, the NAVCAMs, the mass cams, all of this takes a long time and I finally found what we're going to want to take a look at in number actually let's go to number 12 okay because on number 12 this is a nav cam you see there in the foreground a rock on the right hand side of the screen you can see uh, two tracks those are the rover wheels the treads, by the way Try Googling width of Perseverance uh, wheels. It will not tell you how wide they are. They will tell you over and over and over again how, what the diameter of the wheels are. They will not tell you anywhere. And I looked for two days. They will not tell you. NASA doesn't tell you. Nobody else writing about it. None of the engineering people in the background will tell you the width of the tire treads on the Perseverance rover. And I began to say, my nuts, why, why is that so obviously not, not happening? Well, the answer is because they don't want you to know the scale. Those treads are 16 inches wide, which means you can use them to measure the relative size of anything as long as there are, you know, wheel tracks. And you'll see they go and they curve around to the right Way up north, because we're looking uh, back along uh, the, uh, the direction that, that we came from, which is really peculiar. So, I started looking at this in depth, and if now go to the next number, didn't take me very long. You want to go to number 13. This is now an annotated version of this um, slightly adjusted, what they call, nav cam view. Okay, and the nav cam view shows that um, there are two objects in the field of view that are worthy of interest. Right in front of us, right next to the rover, just a couple of three feet away, if you go to the next one, number 14, there appears to be a shiny metal strip. Look at the reflection. You see where I have the words written strip? You see that object, that kind of shiny, uh, knobby-looking object below the P of strip, Ron?
3: You're, you're right. It does. It does look like a somewhat beaten-up uh, strip of something, rather yeah, well, wide.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah. It, it's it's wide. Yeah. It's tall. You can actually, if that, if the width of the rover tires is 16 inches, get your scale from that. It's reflective, and you can see right hand corner the reflection fuzzy of the bright object below the P and then you can see the reflection of the little grains it's like mirror surface and yet at the top you see how it has a uniform width slightly wavy and then you can see that the rover track literally crossed it and crushed part of it flat because it's obviously very fragile, and it just smashed it and went on, okay? But it's a mirror-like surface. So if you can imagine Martian sandstorms over countless millennia on a piece of metal, burnishing it to a sheen, just because of the innumerable you know pitting of little grains, so that's the first bizarreness, and the object that was sitting on top of it to the left, which has all kinds of geometry. So let's get out of that. And then we go back to the wide angle. Now go to 16. At the upper part of the wide angle, there was this little thing geometric from 90 degree angle, actually more like 120 degree angle, to the image that I first saw this on, which was further along up at Sol 387. So... We now go to number 17. This is what I found when I went looking for a mass cam view of the same object after I spent days and days looking. It appears to be an ancient Martian vehicle of some kind. And on the right, which I decided to make for tonight's banner, was an image that Georgia sent me a few days ago where she sent it to me and she says, that sure looks like a road stretching off into the distance. And that's where the term for tonight's show came from. The Martian pink road. Now, mm-hmm. is that a vehicle? Ron and I have had what would be called a lively and spirited discussion. Ron, why don't you tell them what you think this object might
5: be? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh
3: <laughs> yeah they uh well there's a slight divergence of opinion on what it looks like it may be when we look at this we see we see a, a little vehicle perhaps could hold the, my little hedgehog statue that i mentioned but it uh no i think it is a uh, i can't find another term for them someone with real religion out there could tell me what it is in churches you will see along the walls what uh people would say, oh, baptismal font, you know, in other words, a a stone bowl uh cut and smoothed out of uh, you know a larger block which has its own dimensions and structure. Uh, which I can be alabaster
0: or granite or you know.
3: Exactly, exactly, and I sometimes even metal, but rarely. And I I. I couch it in that confusion because I've seen in churches where there's several of them. And I doubt that they have, uh, uh, 12, uh, 12 for the price of two days in baptism. So everybody rushes in to baptize their kid on the same day. I don't think they do those things more than other than one at a time. So I don't know why you'd have several, but sometimes they're fountains. If you can't think of anything else, think of a porcelain drinking fountain with, um,
0: well, you know, are the, also uh, receptacles yeah. in Catholic churches for holy water,
3: usually yeah, at the entrance. Yeah, I'm not but sure what not
0: you do big. with it. They're but very, yes. Well, you basically dip your fingers in the water, and you make the
3: sign of the cross on your forehead. Oh, well, I don't go into a lot of those because I burst into flames, but uh, the, um, the, uh, I get the idea. Anyway, it could be something like that. So I've been calling it the uh, baptismal vehicle because <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know either. I'm just not sure about the size, but it's definitely something.
0: Well, um, we don't have to wonder. Science is all about figuring stuff out. So let's go back mm-hmm. to, I think it's number 10. Let me, yeah, number 10. Okay.
3: This is a yeah, close that's up That's an awesome insight about the, about the tracks, though. That actually gives us a measuring rod.
0: Yes, because it took yeah. me days, because NASA is hiding this data they do not yeah. want citizen scientists, anybody, you know, the great unwashed, all the pejorative terms they think of us. You know, remember my friend Jerry Glenn mm. and in-house language can become out-house language. They talk about us, and I don't mean on me personally, I mean just us, the general public, mm. the people who are funding them. They talk about us inside in very, very, very derogatory terms because we're just their source of funding to do whatever they want with no real public accountability. So I eventually, right. through jumping through a million hoops, found the scale, found the ability on the other NavCam images from a totally different angle to find out where my putrid Martian car might be. And lo and behold, sitting halfway between the ruins, you can see in the distance on the wide angle NavCam, very greenish looking shot. I'll get to the green part in a minute. With the arrow on number 10 going from where the rover was sitting on Sol 386 when the Navcam image was taken, there is a beautiful rectangular thingy which looks like a vehicle. Why? Because Perseverance and Curiosity are both 10 foot long, nine foot wide rectangular vehicles, which by the way are brilliant white which have been photographed with this spacecraft, MRO, Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter, from orbit looking down repeatedly during the uh, one-year mission of Percy and the multi-year mission going back, I think, to 2003 of Curiosity. If you look at that object carefully, it fits all the parameters. It's in the right place. It's the right geometry. When you factor in... The, uh, the foreshortening from the other point of view and the fact that you're looking at a mass cam image and you can use the actual scale. Let's uh, let's go back now to number nine, all right? If you look in the lower left-hand corner, and these are very big. I got to figure out how to size these so they fit neatly on the screen. Keith, you can help me with that off the air sometime. Hmm. There is a 100-meter scale in the bottom left. All you do is put a ruler on that then you know, scroll right to the distance between where Sol 30, 386 is, where Sol 387 is at the top. You measure the length of those lines with that scale, and it tells you that this object, this vehicle, this whatever it is, is located almost 200 feet from Sol 386 photo location. And at that distance, its angular size and everything if you measure it which i did several times it is 14 and a half feet long i have never ever encountered a 14 15 foot long baptismal font in any church anywhere in the world that i've gone into no it's a vehicle and now that we have <laughs> the precise dimensions we can we can give tim the coordinates he can produce in the computer a wonderful 3D reconstruction for next Saturday night, Sunday morning, his time, give him a week's notice, one picture. That's all we need. Remember how he did the so-called pump from curiosity several years ago. Anyway, what this is all about is it goes back to a conversation that you, John and I had last weekend, right? And what was the thesis of our, one of our disagreements, the size of the Martians, right? Oh, yes. Well, if they're driving 14, 15 foot long vehicles, and frankly, from the uh, NavCam view, it looks like hmm. a F-150, you know, a Ford. <laughs> if they're driving something of that dimensions, they're not, as John said, one inch high Martians. Science is nothing if it isn't a technique. Of eventually determining The truth And tonight we've got the data And we're going to run with it And now we've got two data points Because it seems very odd to me That Martians will be driving around In 14 long pickup trucks And they'd be trying to get through Three foot high doorways Over at Gale Crater
3: Yeah that sounds like a Darwin award winner uh, <laughs> The uh do you know, are the wheels on Curiosity the same width?
0: Yes. Oh, no, they're actually, I kept going and looking and looking, and they said yeah. cute things like, well, the ones on Percy are 20.7 inches diameter. And mm. they're slightly larger than the, uh, the wheels on Curiosity by literally 0.7 inches. I didn't want to know that. And they talk about the treads, mm-hmm. the wavy pattern and the gripping and all. I want to know the damn tread width. They right. never, ever, ever – I actually finally had to do the damn calculation myself. I said, okay, Hoagland, I just need a side and a front view. I can measure. I know the, the height, the width of the, the diameter of the wheel is 20.7 inches. Obviously, if I can get that scaled, then I can derive the, the width uh, you know, instantly. And they would make references like to, and slightly slimmer than the curiosity wheels. Never for an agency which lives and dies on numbers do they put a number out there for how damn wide the treads are. Why? Because it's a clue to scale. They do not want the great unwashed public to ever know. And if you put something behind enough filters, they'll never figure it out because, frankly, Internet folks tend to be a little bit
3: lazy. Actually, you may yeah. The the whole thing makes a solid point because they do mention on occasion. I haven't seen it relative to Percy yet, but the uh, uh, the they have mentioned uh, that business about the treads from the rover are there to uh, aid in a sense of scale, and then they never say what that sense of scale or scale measurement yielded. But, you know, we're supposed to know that when we see a picture that's got <laughs> tracks in it, it's not just showing whether it rained recently, right? Just, you know, how, how muddy looking it is, but that is there. Uh, it's like unrolling a carpenter's uh, exactly. measuring and see, tape. One of, or the, something. one of the
0: weirdest things about the Apollo missions, which kind of rang my chimes over and over again, you'd hear the astronauts. And of course I'm, you know, they're watching live every every microsecond on live television downlink from the moon. They keep complaining there are no telephone poles. There are no mailboxes. There is no sense of scale. You have no idea what you're looking at because there's no sense of perspective. Well, <clears throat> the rovers bring with them an automatic sense of scale, which NASA has assiduously, like with the atmosphere, spent a lot of years trying to cover up. So unless you're really, 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 really determined. Reminds me of that old Marin joke, you know, how many psychiatrists does it take to change a light bulb in Marin County, Northern California? Only one. But the light bulb really has to want to change. Well, unless you really, really, really want to know the tread width of the Percy or Curiosity rover wheels, you ain't going to find it because they buried the sucker. But I found them and everything falls into place. The truck is 14 and a half feet long. And if it's being driven by one-inch high Martians, John, it takes
3: a lot of them
0: to make one trip to the grocery store.
3: So you're saying it's too big to be a baptismal because they could uh, baptize a whole litter of Martians <laughs> at once. A cubby?
0: No, it's, a, it's yeah. a cubby of quail. A cubby of Martians?
3: Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. It'd be a, yeah.
0: See, what I find so amusing, and the reason I played Judy Garland at the top of the show, and we're talking about the Martian Pink Road, is of course, this is the land of Oz. This mm-hmm. is the stable land of Oz, everybody. And the munchkins were Martians. Now, the really interesting conundrum, and I don't know the answer to this, that vehicle out there, it has not wheels, it has bogies. What's a bogie? Well, tank treads or armored personnel carrier treads are bogies. They are all-purpose vehicles. They can go over mud, rock, sand, whatever. You know, very efficient locomotion, right? Suppose that is a vehicle left over from one of the last Martian expeditions of Earthlings returning to Mars to try to seek answers to where we really came from and was just left there as part of the last expedition to Jezero. Well, that would tell us that that car, that vehicle, is only, this sounds weird, 30,000 years old, which on Mars time is like hmm. just yesterday, given okay, that the atmosphere is one. Right? Okay, well, so you got to gotcha. so give me a little more warning here. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, we are going to pause because I'm kind of on a roll tonight. I think we are approaching what I would call critical mass meaning that something is moving in the culture. Something is trying very hard to be liberated, to breathe free, to speak down the corridors of time to who we are and how the hell did we get ourselves in this position. In other words, as I've been saying for year after year, decade after decade, since I began this long journey down this Martian road, This is the only thing big enough, I think, to literally save humanity. We shall return.
2: Listen to past episodes anytime on any device. Search the archives of over 180 episodes. Membership costs $9.95 a month, 33 cents a day. Talk Radio at the cutting edge of science and thought. The other side is midnight.com.
0: just imagine that we wake up tomorrow morning and some authority figure either the head of nasa or the president or a senate panel or maybe the secretary general or who knows makes the announcement that ancient artifacts have been found on a nearby world world accessible to all nations participating in this huge international expedition to go and find the origins of humans themselves, because it looks like the science says the data is available to decide and discern and to know if in fact we are heirs to a much more extraordinary heritage than hitherto we've ever even been allowed to imagine let alone dream, let alone realize. Imagine what could happen to the world. I mean, you remember it was Gorbachev and Reagan who got together in Reykjavik, and the conversation that we now know from recorded transcripts is that Reagan said to Gorbachev, if we found that we weren't alone, if there's somebody out there, all our petty differences would be put aside, and we would unite against The common unknown. I mean, it doesn't have to be a threat. All it has to be is the potential of an unknown danger, an unknown potential, an unknown possibility. And humans would realize that they share much more in common with each other than whatever could still be out there. Before we go to calls, and I want to dip into our mailbag, I haven't said that in a while, and read some of these amazing responses, I want to do one last thing. Um, Let me go back to my section of radio with pictures, which means I have to rearrange some screens here. It says live radio, folks. Get rid of that. I want you all to look at my number 18. And, oh, it's really big. Really be okay. Stand if you're on a small screen, you can hold your hand. If you're on a big, if you're at home on a computer, you know, kind of sit back.
3: Ron, yes, look at that pillar. You mean on the on the the left left. side, the only pillar on the
0: screen. Look Mm -hmm. at all those hieroglyphs, faces, carvings, intimations of information of content. Of communication. Yeah, right. Earthquake fault. Really?
3: Oh yeah. I believe me, I would love to I would love to be able to analyze some of the stuff that I've seen in a lot of pictures. Well, Uh, let's focus just um, on this one. No, I know. I'm saying that it's yeah, it's just short of what you'd need to determine anything. You can see, you know, uh entire faces. I mean I the uh, what you 're calling it the ramp you know I just the the
0: well any um, entrance, particularly even in hospitals where they have you know wheelchair ramps, in fact, I think under federal law now <clears throat> every public establishment has to have easy access for people in wheelchairs it oh i 'm
3: sure it does it
0: looks yeah. like it just looks like an order, except I think it 's been eroded so that it used to be smooth, and what 's now sticking up it used to be under glass. And you used to glide up there or walk
3: up uh, there. Okay, well we can diverge there. I think it's terrazzo because I've seen that before. They loved uh, they loved mosaic tile floors, much like the create the um, uh, folks on Crete. or the. Yeah, you know, except um, this thing Augustus is three dimensional
0: up near the door itself. there's that face that Robert first saw, and I know now is multiple faces. You know, and again, yeah. we we need more. We need more resolution, better, you know, latitude in the camera, but it's, it's so tantalizingly close. And you can imagine the quality of the imagery they're looking at inside. Again, part of what I'm so upset mm-hmm. about is that they're doing all this, having all this fun with our money. The American mm-hmm. people deserve to know what's there. And because it will have such a catalytic effect on everything going on on Earth tonight, that is going wrong. By causing a great pause, a great, oh, my God, a great, who are we really, a great, well, I share far more in common with him or her than I do with it. And when confronted by an unknown, we know historically, traditionally, in every way possible, people get together. The petty stuff falls away. Gorbachev and Reagan said it. If this was real, how much did they really know? Then everything Mm -hmm. else would be put in a different context and humans (laughs) would move forward. We're stuck. We're dying in a closed system, like uh, uh, Joseph Farrell and I used to talk about, closed versus open systems. We must open the system or we're going to die, either from ourselves or from natural catastrophe or a combination, you know. It was uh, over a 100 here just two weeks ago in June, early June, and we have people dying of the heat. Something has to change.
3: There has to be some sort of a rule book that they're following, and it's, we, uh, it's kind of hard to suss out because the uh, one of the things that's been ever since they've had rovers uh, – there's been this strange contradictive, uh, contradictory duality where sometimes they run right over something and crush it. The infamous crinoid incidents early on with the um, uh, opportunity, I guess it was. No, no uh, it, 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 it was Spirit, Spirit Rover. Spirit, Spirit, okay, yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, said, oh, no, no, we can't have that. Crunch, 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 crunch. And other times they are so deferential to what's on the ground. Now, they're saying that there's nothing there. You know, there's just miscellaneous rocks and architect- and no architecture. And yet, sometimes, they're very, very careful not to must stuff up, and it must mean something. You know, like they could have run over it, but they didn't. They made a wide detour, or they even drove all around it. Or, or, or,
0: like a or, or, or. If this, in my model is the purview of the secret insider elite. In other words, they know from the bloodlines of the DNA and all that. They are the Martians, but we're not supposed to know. So you've got an in crowd and an out crowd. Then the things you do not destroy are the things that are sacred to your DNA. We're special and you're not Chevy Chase religion. So that's, I think, why they avoid certain things because in their purview They're sacred. They're part of their identity and how special they
3: are. Well, I hate to reference things that we can't point people at immediately, but practically everybody out there that's interested enough to listen to a show like this is probably familiar with several years ago. There was that incident with finding a femur on uh, Curiosity did this, you know, finding a bone on um, Mars. And they took a fair number of pictures of it. I mean, they couldn't go over and pick it up, so you know, they. Um, uh, but they went all around it, and they took multiple shots to get the light, get all the lighting possible, you know. And the uh, so there's there's and you can do an enhanced version that's got you know takes advantage of the adjacent images and shows the whole site. And it looks to me, when you do that, it looked like a burial site. That had gotten exposed, you know. And not all, not all graves are uh, fortresses, you know. So they. Uh, but in any case, that they left alone. The crinoid they crunched. Human bones he are left the, there. The crinoid and,
0: wasn't directly related to any of the in
3: crowds, and the bones may have been somebody's grandmother. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's the it's <laughs> feeling you get, and I mean that goes for other things. I mean there are there are things that uh, I look at them and say, oh, that's an interesting uh, sculpture. Uh, you know, and that. and they'll do the same thing there. Other times they they won't. So it, that's one Excuse of them. Excuse me. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, we
5: have uh, Robert Morningstar. I
0: was just about Ruggiero to introduce him. Rogero, are you with us?
5: I'm with you as well. Yeah. Okay. okay.
0: Why don't you talk a bit about because you're the guy who did the sketch that blew my mind on the on the femur on Mars.
6: Go for it. Yeah. Bingo. Okay. Um, thinking so where to start. Um. I'll start with the bad stuff first. Um, it's not quite clear enough in the resolution to bring out absolutely all the detail that uh, I saw in there. Now you have to stare at it for a bit um, to get uh, your, your clearest idea. But
3: You're talking about the posted version here? No, I haven't put the bone on
6: today. I put the bone oh, okay. All, all right. All right. We'll talk about it. So, well, yeah, yeah, fair enough. enough. You just have to stare at it a little bit longer.
0: All you have to and, do is Google bone on Mars and a million images will come up.
6: Yeah, my, including my sketches. Including your on,
0: sketches, yes.
6: We put it on before. But what mm-hmm. you can the first thing you can see on the, on the top section is um, the perforations that you would see in bone. So bone looks almost uh, spongy. Ah, mm-hmm. Which um, would
0: be uh, what? Capital in, in the bone?
6: Arthritis. Yes. Yeah. It, it, no, no, no. You know, bone, bone is. Um,
0: it, bone is has to be porous. It's, it's where blood is produced. Has
6: to, has to be porous, so you can see the, the porous detail on the on the top section. I call it like the lip, um, and then as you get down through the structure, you can see the torsion, as if you, you would see on a femur. Like we, we discussed which is. Uh, you, you can also see the there's like there's a joint facet at the top, and then back down through the structure, you can see where the muscles would um, be attached onto it. And at the base of, oh, well, is that like an arthritic or damaged type joint or not? Another thing, I mean, it's one of the clearest images uh, that NASA produced um, of all, all this type of research work that we're doing. Um, other stuff is very, it's a bit abstract, and it's like, am I seeing it? Am I not? But not with a bone. It's really, really clear. I can't understand why. Now,
0: people yeah, need to so know. I, people need to know that your medical background is you're a bone guy. You're a podiatrist.
4: You, I'm a podiatrist. You, you so. deal with
0: you deal with bones and human bones every day of the week and twice on Sunday. So, here's my question: Have hmm. you ever thought to do what I call the double-blind test, where you show a colleague the hmm. picture, like uh, like Andrew did with the architect in uh, in, in Canada the other night? You show them the picture, you ask them, what do you think it is? <clears throat> they tell you, and then you tell them where it is. And then you have I've your stopwatch it. out to see how fast they can run. I've, I've done it, Richard.
6: And? Conversation stop, but they all... <laughs> About yeah. nine out of ten said it's a bone, and then I was... one of them's like, looks like a stick um, or a rock, and then they've all gone hmm, and changed the conversation. <laughs> <And> I... <laughs> You know.
7: This is crazy.
0: Where yeah. are people's curiosity? Where is their yeah. imagination? Where is their
6: sense of wonder? Yeah, I mean, I go back to your statement that Asimov's, uh, you know, science is looking for, for error. Error. I, error, error, yes. I'm not going to agree with everything that everybody says, you know, on here because some stuff can look natural, some stuff not. And that's our job to pull it apart and say, well, what, what's going on? What, um, one of the things that concerned me about the, the Mars bone area is it looks like the rover had driven around, had a good smash up of what was going on. Because I actually think there's a second bone that looks like it's been fractured. Um, and it's like... So they drove
0: way, over a gravesite by accident
6: and then went, Ooh, whoops. Or that or there's, is there an arm on there that you can, uh, with a saw on it or anything where you can go and move stuff around? Uh, they
0: they had all right. We're talking curiosity.
6: Curiosity. Yeah. Uh,
3: no, they didn't have a way to pick it up. No, no pincers. No, no. Well, they
0: could have improvised something. Come on, Nash is really good at improvising.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But if, it, you, it, if you if you have an
0: articulable like... arm, you've got you know you can like you know how you can basically put peas in your mouth by putting them on your on your on your on your knife, you know mm. a flat bread knife. You can make do with what you got if you want to do something. And obviously, they did things in private. We'll never, well, until the, you know, the deluge comes and it all comes out. We will not know what they've been doing secretly.
3: Yeah. yeah well, what if they reached for that bone, pulled that, pulled it up a little bit, and it was, and it not, it pulled up or pushed up along with it a piece of a pelvis?
6: Then it would, then it would confound the problem. I don't think they wanted to mess with it. No. I mean, there's – uh, i just got to try and bring up the image on my, my laptop, so I've just got a reference for myself. A reference. But there's, there's score lines around the bone structure. like the bits looks like they've been lifted up. Oh. Yeah.
0: See, this is what expert eyes are valuable for, because you mm-hmm. see things that mm. only you would recognize. I see things only I... In other words, each of us is looking at this, yeah. Andrew, and what's really intriguing and I'm going to run this probably toward the end of the show, I have this test that I want to use, Ruggiero, I want to use you as a kind of a model for. I have a weird, wacky idea. Mm -hmm. So continue, please.
6: Oh, right. I lost my train of thought. So, I'm looking at my side-by-side comparison of the bone we've got on other other shows. Um, And straight through the middle of the bone structure is like this piece of that looks like it's all been moved. Uh, so, as a like as an archaeologist, if it, or if an archaeologist was going to go and look at this site, you wouldn't want to tamper with what's going on around you. And if it had been, you could say whether it was done recently or a very long time ago. If it was right. Part of the geology, or if oh someone came in last week, look, you can see they've moved them up. hmm And that's what's happened. That, that's what got my suspicions about that that image, that bigger image. like Someone's gone in there. And,
3: so you concur that they were very careful with it, like an archaeologist would be, not just like a, lumber, a
6: lumbering little tractor? Um, they've definitely been careful around the bone, but luckily yes. uh, it looks like they were less careful.
0: See, my I mean, impression, I mean, my impression, guys, was they're tooling along, tooling along, and they just roll, like out here in the desert in New Mexico, mm-hmm. you know, Native Americans used to just bury people anywhere. And you would have yep. what's called random burial sites, and you you run across them. I think that's what they did with Curiosity, and it was like, oops. Then they realized what they'd done, and they were very careful and did, did no further damage. But it was, it was, I don't think it was intentional because I don't think they have a map showing where things folks are buried on Mars no. after thirty thousand. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Rogero,
3: no. I yeah. got a question for you. You got, uh, you have a medical eye special for bone type things did you see anything that could have been tooth marks
6: oh where, where, oh on the, i see what you're getting at um yeah martian no. hyenas martian as in a hyena has gone and eaten the creature
3: mm-hmm. uh, well remember the people that the Anastasi supposedly battled to uh down to the last exterminating the last of them were giants that were also cannibals it's part of our heritage. Yeah,
1: yeah They
6: yeah. have their own ver- version of um, uh, ferns. I, I need to get the bigger image because there's more stuff around it. If I look just at the bone,
1: mm-hmm. no,
6: but uh, there Okay, it. it just looks regular. But I, I'm going to put this point out there to you guys. Is why mm-hmm. have other medics and you know geologists not put their pound of flesh out there?
0: Exactly. And,
6: because the only the only thing out there that I've seen on earth that can even closely resemble the bone is flint now it, bits can look quite similar but when, you, when, you flint, flint,
0: when you say flint you mean the uh, flint. mineral
6: yeah so it's white on the surface yep. and then when you cut it it's black through the middle ah yeah but hmm, if, no it's a bone. no
0: no I definitely but you raise the question again we have something called the internet global social media. Everybody knows everything about who's sleeping with whom because most of the time they they boast about it now. Why aren't other medical people who have access through this little gadget they hold in their hand to any photograph from NASA on any planet in the solar system, why when it was the rage would they look at that and go holy catnip Batman, that's a bone on Mars?
2: Nothing. Deafening
0: silence.
6: Yeah, why wouldn't you go in and take a slightly closer, higher resolution pitch? I mean, it's good. It's a very good image. It's far better than um, most of the other stuff. Well,
0: they have what's called the Malley camera, which is, frankly, the best damn color camera on the Curiosity rover. It's uh, companioned by the Watson camera Mm. in the Sherlock, you know, Sherlock Holmes and Watson Mm. package on Percy. The Malley camera could have done such an exquisite close-up synoptic. Montage of imagery On yeah. all sides so- mean, I, I drool at the thought of the kind of data They could ha- have And probably do have They have not shared Because as someone decades ago said There's a political art form to this It's called the limited hangout Where you put just enough stuff out And um, uh, Robert uh, posted the bone picture We ought to put that up in in ruggiero's section tonight keith again where they put just enough stuff out to get some people interested but not everybody and certainly not enough to be definitive so that you you basically satisfy the really curious but you don't trigger the middle of the curve that would make a political difference yeah. it's, so, it's an art Who, form
6: yeah i, I agree What's the resolution and pixelation on that camera uh, and compare it to a, say an iPhone or say an 8. Like
0: oh, a thousand times better. Good God, no
3: comparison. Uh,
6: Hell, gonna, well, what are
0: you
3: talking about? Are,
0: which one mass, is a thousand the, times better? The,
3: the, the mass cams
0: on Percy and Curiosity compared to a
3: smartphone. Mm, yeah, it's kind of like comparing a bear to a uh, an alligator. You know, I mean, they're 'cause all of those cameras are ultimately framing cameras. You know, they're scanners not not snappers. And so they um, uh, yeah it's it's very adjustable but the resolution is quite high. It's very good on the very good on the bone images. Well yeah. if they
0: used the Mali, which is an acronym, they could have yeah, gotten they, didn't. To, they could have got well, that we know of. See, I am firmly in, in Keith Laney's camp. When Laney created his website, the Hidden Mission <clears throat> he struck an incredible nerve because I think from the get-go, NASA's had two missions, the real one. The reason we're spending billions, $20 billion I think now per year on quote space civilian and unknown numbers of billions, maybe even up toward trillions in the secret space program. And we get people pablum is because there's two separate tracks. The public NASA is the one we're all supposed to pay attention to, while the real NASA is busily finding out how the hell we're related to the Martians.
5: And you know, my
3: oh, favorite... Yeah, go, Ruggiero. Yeah, can you good. speak up a little? You're, you're, not, you're not as... Uh, well,
0: his, his sprint suspect. connection is terrible this morning. I'm thinking oh, maybe, okay. maybe right. in the next commercial uh, break we might uh, recall Rogero. you know, reconnect. Because sometimes that's all, right. all it takes. Is to
3: it's it's fine. I just want to. I, I do. Go ahead, please, Ruggiero.
6: <laughs> yes, so i just put my my final point. So this is what I do. I think the bone issue is so contentious and so important for for humanity that I would spend because if, if they can't go back with the current rover, I'd send a new one. You know, it cost a billions mm-hmm. of dollars to the taxpayer to go back to the exact spot with a you know, better camera and go and zoom in on that, that bone. and But uh, mm. so we can confirm. Otherwise, people are going to be skeptical like me.
3: Well, they did find another one. You know, it's, it's uh, how long ago, what year, or how long ago at least, was that picture taken of the bone? Uh,
6: I don't know, two, three years ago? Uh,
3: no, I no, think no, more no. than that, but it was a while back. And just last year, I found another one. So I sent to- it to you.
6: <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I think about 2014 fourteen,
3: two fifteen. Yeah, that's quite a while ago. And the uh, yeah, and just see, it, like I said, just last year I happened to stumble across another one, and that one, no tracks around it, nothing else. Obviously, there's something else going on there, but there's just this bone sticking out. That one, it's actually sticking out a little bit, but it's another one just like that one,
6: and I don't think it's right next to it. Very good. But this, this curiosity bone one that we're talking mm. about is by far, um, you know, the, the best piece of evidence out that we've got. The other ones I'd highlighted, I just wrote them down while I was taking some notes on the show. Is like, that yeah? One. The
3: other one's got like a greenish background. That's
6: how the dirt came out, as yeah. it were. Yeah. Yeah. This little list that I just made about stuff that's see so we've got vague and it's down to interpretation, and then we've got mm-hmm. that looks like definite science, and there's You have to go and take another picture. So I've got the pump house, which uh, Tim did the the sketch on. We've got that pipe sticking out the wall that I highlighted last week. Okay. We've got the bone. Obviously, we've got the the doorway, and we've got the coral. They're like clear, clear, clear bits of stuff that needs further investigation. Um, And I'm happy to draw stuff again. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, at. I
3: think there's a medical picture you might not have seen, because there's another one that has what looks to me like half of a skull, not a human skull, uh, in in it. But it, apart from that, there's some scattered stuff around, and so it looks like vertebrae, you know, but I'm not a doctor. But it looks like a bunch of little wishbones lying around on the uh, ground there.
0: Okay, guys, this can go on for days, and it probably should, yeah. but I need to do a couple housekeeping things. One is Robert has joined us. So when we come back from the break, we're going to have a report on what's going on with China claiming they're listening in eavesdropping on aliens. What's that all about? And then I really do want to read some of these responses to my appearance on coast and last weekend talking about the door because they're amazing and they're unfiltered and they're real people, real taxpayers, some of them, at least here, but we're getting responses from all over the world. And again, if, If this was like a poll and NASA was a political institution that was somewhat susceptible to public opinion, which it's not, there would be obvious reasons for NASA to do everything they could, turn handsprings to make what they've got public, because it would be a gold card. And the very fact that they haven't and will not has told me from a long time ago that the fix is in, and this is the one area they can't do what they normally would do, which is to exploit the hell out of it and get Americans to pay for huge, incredible missions, all of which will change when someone lands an uncensored camera, either on the moon in close lunar orbit or on Mars. And that's going to happen with the moon literally beginning Monday when the uh, uh, cornerstone mission, uh, a capstone rather, takes off and could give us an astounding new window on what's really out there. Okay, we are literally at the bottom of the hour. Don't want to blow past this break. My guests this morning are uh, Ron Gerbron, Ruggiero, and Keith, of course, is with us, Keith Morgan, and Robert Morningstar has joined us. We're going to have a report about the Chinese and aliens. So stay tuned. You're on the other side of Midnight, My name is Richard C. Hoagland. We shall return.
2: Filter episodes by guest or subject. Membership costs, $9.95 a month, 33 cents a day. Listen while you travel, or as an environment for your endeavors. 8 cents an episode, 2.5 cents per hour of content. The other side of Midnight.com.
0: And now, without further ado, our correspondent—not quite in Beijing, but pretty damn close. Robert, what did you find out? Have the Chinese um, really opened I, I found, hailing frequency? Some interesting things.
7: I found out interesting things. But before I do that, I just want to say, um, I think Ron is a psychic. I checked out that bone, and I just sent you the best picture of that uh, femur. That I've ever seen, and it does look like uh, something was gnawing the meat off the thigh there.
0: Yeah, unless the look.
7: rover wheels ran over it and crushed no, no, it. No, 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 these are not rover wheels. Check it out. It's near It's near the head of the femur, and there are three sections that have nothing to do with tires. Okay, but, tell you what, you need to share data with
0: Ruggiero because he's the bone yes. expert in the group.
7: Yeah, and also not far from that, there's a curved bone that uh, reminds me of a possibility of a rib, it's partly buried. I don't see uh, the facet uh, connection, the facet, but there is a curved bone to the left of that giant, the femur bone that could be a rib. Then I want to say that uh, Keith did a fantastic job with the comparisons, uh, with the Utah uh, compositions, especially when you lift it off, when you lift it off the, um, the Egyptian. It looks like Nefertiti, really, when she's floating right up there above the sky. So, good job on that. And, of course, Ron and I had a lot of fun uh, talking about the, uh, the dragon sticking its head out of the, uh, out of the side of the cliff there. Uh, with regard to the Chinese, a very interesting thing has happened. Well, you know that they came out and said they picked up signals. I'm hearing a little echo. Um, they came out and said they picked up signals that were possibly from E.T.,
1: Mm -hmm. And,
7: and of course, NASA and everybody ganged up on them and pissed on their fires. (laughs) And so now they retrenched a bit. And it's reminding me of the excuses that NASA made for the music of the moon that the Apollo astronauts heard on the far side of the moon. Oh, yes. Apollo 10. Apollo 10. They went on the other side of the moon and they, they were hearing things that nobody should be hearing because there's supposed to be no radio signals on the other side. So they were saying, oh, there's a sideband interference and all that crap. Anyway, Zhang Tongjie, a Chinese extraterrestrial intelligence expert at Beijing Normal University, who took part in the research, told Newsweek, quote, I did not say it was an extraterrestrial ET signal. These signals are from radio interference. They are due to radio pollution from Earthlings, not from ET. The technical term we use is RFI, radio frequency interference. RFI can come from cell phones, TV transmitters, radar, satellites, as well as electronics and computers near the observatory that produces a weak radio signal or weak radio transmissions, unquote. My God, the lady <laughs> does protest
0: too much, you know? Too
7: so, Pearl headlines. But it sounds says, so much
0: better in, in high Mandarin. <laughs> <laughs>
7: Okay, I don't want to speak Did Chinese Did you just right
0: say now. BS on the air? No, no. Oh, no. I, good.
7: Okay I, okay. I just said uh, in Chinese. I don't really want to speak Chinese right now because I'm having too much fun with this uh, dem- demural, this Okay, so we
0: don't have a lot of time, and I do want to get to these letters. What's the bottom yeah, okay. line? Were the Chinese the telling the truth? Is, Did the they get stepped, the on? stepped on? They bottom line is they picked up something,
7: and since everybody ganged up on them, they just backed off, and they're going to keep whatever they got to themselves and say, okay, yeah, it was radio interference. That's what I think. This this statement, for him to make this statement after being so bombastic the first time, it's just um, I think it's a ploy to hide what they really have, and they're not going to. With the reaction that NASA and space and everybody else gave them, they say. You know, they've given us the finger. Forget it. We're not going to tell you. Well, remember,
0: the Chinese are basically, and this is very culturally uh, specific, they turn out to be damn paper tigers. I don't care about (laughs) Mao and the party and all (laughs) that. These guys are cowards, and I can tell you why. They boasted, Ron, you'll back me up on this, a year or two ago in a poster that they were going to go to Mars with Zirung, their rover and lander and all that. They were going to land, and they were going to basically show... Alien ruins. How do we know? Because they stole one of the curiosity montages of one of these collapsed arcologies, put it in the background to a 3d model of the Zorong rover that they landed last year in the foreground, took a shot, spread it all over the world. And then when they landed in a place with stunning, weird ruins buried, and -hmm. they could have gone right up and looked at them. They ran yeah. at Warp 9, which for their little rover is about, you know, a tenth of a mile per day or something. Yeah,
7: right. Well, I, I agree that they are big fake years. Let's not forget the first Chinese spacewalk that they uh, televised, and we could see the bubbles of air going up in the swimming pool.
0: So, <laughs> that's, How did that's I miss that? Can you send me that video? I'd love to see that. Oh uh, it's it's quite a while ago. Well we'll see if we can
7: find it, but that was one of the proofs when they and they quickly tried to clean it up, but uh that gave the whole thing away. You know? But anyway, I, I actually think they may have gotten something. They didn't like the reaction of NASA and the the Western media and they're saying, Okay, oh, help me poor down. babies. Um, oh Yeah, exactly. I, I mean it's uh, I give think me you're a kind there is yeah. something really otherworldly happening in China and I just published a very long article on Substack I have a Substack Robert Morningstar uh, newsletter and it has to do with the collusion of the Catholic Church with the Chinese and covering up the international organ harvesting industry that they've developed so um,
0: that's why I'm late and uh, that's really rather alien to me it is and that opens up a whole new can Mm. of pardon the expression, worm. And we will deal with that in a future show. Look, I got to get to these letters. Otherwise, they're going to come and take me away. Uh, I'm going to try to do this consecutive. This was sent on June 17th. Remember, I was on coast the night of the 16th. This is one from Michael. I think you are a little bit too easily taken in or obsessed with convincing yourself of your own delusion. Any picture put out there by NASA is always possible disinformation and hard to swallow. Tick, tock, tick, tock. Okay. That kind of stands mm-hmm. on its own. I would think that's it. What I find amazing is that he, he doesn't think we're paranoid enough about NASA. Hmm. Okay. This is from Lawrence. These doors are cut. Not sure who did them. Short and sweet. Okay. Here's one from Andrew. Uh, no relation to our Andrew. Mr. H, perhaps many of your theories are, in fact, true. The doorway view appears too reliable a depiction to be allowed to surface for public consumption. Seems to me this clear picture would have been destroyed well prior to your appearance tonight on C2C. All right. This person obviously doesn't get the idea of what I proposed before, which is a ritual calendar, that the idea is to keep us in the dark, keep us in the dark, keep us in the dark Until the right time when the celestial alignments and the physics all conspire to allow them to bring out a sanitized version of the truth under the aegis that they are infinitely smarter than we are. They have all the money, more money than God. They can control, as they say, the narrative. And so they can do what back in the Nixon years was called the limited hangout and get away with it. And in that model, the doorway was not a leak. It was part of another, are they ready? Will they accept what we say? In other words, it was a real-time test. And by the way, when I read all this stuff, I want you to all respond with your own impressions if they're rather you know, different than mine.
3: And there's none. Okay, Oh, I thought you meant the correspondence. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So you Okay, have, folks, Okay, fill up the inbox. And, so, so we
0: will, yeah, I definitely want these cards and letters to keep coming in. Okay, Ray 616 presentation on Martian Doorway. This is from Patrick. I believe this is what it appears to be, an artificial construction. By the way, is someone taking notes, how many yeses, how many noes, a doorway. Why? Occam's razor, first of all, why argue it is anything other than what the mind immediately identifies it to be? Also, the squared off lineal edges of the doorway would be hard, if not impossible, to explain by natural causes. We need to get men, or at least advanced robots with AI, to this very site to enter through the doorway and explore further. And then, so good to hear you again on Coast to Coast AM. Like there's another mystery. Hmm? I
7: have a comment on that. Oh, by all means. I think your picture number eighteen was really great.
0: Isn't it astonishing?
7: It's really great, and you know why? One is that you brought out the image of the hawk that I saw first. You mm-hmm. know that that really stands out—the hawk—and you can even see it die. But the texture of the wall now corresponds more closely to the right side picture that Gary shared with me uh, at that first show. So there is consistency in the in the uh, decorations, let's call it that. You call them hieroglyphics. Mm-hmm. And that edge, the front edge of the pillar, if you want to call it that, the flat, the flat white edge uh, at the entrance on the left side, that came out really great. But uh, we didn't get to it, but I wanted to sell it to Riguero. Ruggiero, that picture number 15 of the Berber cave in India, I've never seen anything that looked more like a landed mothership
0: <laughs>
7: oh, gotta go look at this. Gotta go. That go I've on ever this. seen. That one. It's
0: so this funny. is this is number fifteen up. from Ruggiero, Okay. Yeah, look
7: at that. It looks like a landed mothership with,
0: with the opening, the
7: uh, a circular hatch that the uh, that It does, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
7: Uh, that was my first. Thing. Holy I that, cow! I thought that was. Oh my, my!
0: It also, you know what it looks like? Oh, guys, Ruggiero, did you didn't notice? Remember, in the wide angles of the door, there's all this artistic plating. It looks like the plating over the damn door on Mars. Look above and to the right of your entry into this temple. That same stuff appears as dolphins and fish and other figures in a beautiful modern artistic rendering of three-dimensional lapped uh, cladding like some... Like like, like, a, like a beaten copper roof Which mm-hmm. I think this might be But it looks identical to what we're seeing Over that doorway It
6: looks it's pretty similar And oh, do, you my... see,
0: do you guys see the face mm-hmm. In the upper right section The middle of the stand on the right Of the top No You, know, you see where the door is on, on Rogero's image Right In the 2 o'clock position Top of the ridge, just keep going Right there And there's a gap in the background. It's dark on the top on the left, dark on the top on the right, and between is this facial thingy. See, it's all so subjective. Weird. Okay, moving on. What's fascinating is the smoothness smoothness of the interior,
7: how they were able to polish. You know what it reminds me? It reminds me of the the interior of the Maginot line. That is... It's incredible.
0: You know, have you ever see the tunnels inside? I've never the seen the button? interior of the Maginot Line.
7: Hmm. Oh, it looks just like
3: this. Well, I'm so
0: going to add it look to, look it look to look my bucket list. Up. Okay,
3: let's continue.
0: Louis says, Robert, uh, I, was Ruggiero, at
3: I, like, I like Ruggiero's number two.
6: That's a wonderful comparison there.
3: Ruggiero, you had a call. A thought?
6: Uh, yeah, uh, my image uh, 17, which Robert's talking about, 17. is... Seventeen. The inside. Oh yeah. Yeah. So look at the actual door from the inside. It reminds me of looking off the C. Clarke type thing. But uh, it really does. Yes. You can see how just look, how
7: beautifully at, geometric that is. Look at
6: how polished it is. Mm-hmm. And but, how did they do this? Yeah. Compare the rectangle That's, to what we're seeing. Exactly. On the, yes. The Mars.
0: But look at that. That this reminds me of Flinders Petrie's description of the hmm. facing stones on the Great Pyramid. He said optical opticians work on the level of acres.
6: Yeah, well, that's that's why you've got to get Brian on the show.
0: You know, if Brian would ever be up at this time of night, I don't want to do a tape show. I think yeah. live and radio is the only way to go. I somehow have to drug him and drag him in front of a microphone because he doesn't want to get up early in the morning. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, let's go back to the letters. Keith, you're watching the time, right? Okay. Uh, This is Lewis. I don't need to think about this for another minute. The pictures from Mars linked on the C2C website are of artificial structures, exclamation point. My father was a police (laughs) officer for 20 years. Yeah, don't you hate these wishy-washy people? And I have the same highly tuned observation skills he did. I've also been interested in geology and architecture for as long as I can remember. And what you said to George was right on. I don't think there's anything in that picture that are real rocks. I had a teacher in high school that said something that that stuck with me ever since. Believe what you see, don't see what you believe. In those photos. I like that one. I'm going to steal that one. Louis, you've lost that one. It's forever more part of history. Believe what you see, don't see what you believe. In these photos, I see unquestionable architecture. In addition to the almost endless other pictures from Mars and elsewhere other than Earth of what are clearly not natural formations, denial of life on Mars and elsewhere other than Earth is the conspiracy theory. It was fantastic to hear you again on C2C. What a freaking time to be alive. I'm 47. 47. And never did I think I even lived to be five thousand that I lived to see a day our government not only would say UFOs are real, but oh by the way, they're not top secret stuff or foreign stuff. I think that's a nice guy to get to know. Okay.
3: Any thoughts? Yeah, he's so modest. He I shouldn't know. hold everything he's back a, he's, like he's, that. He's, yeah.
0: he's, he's shy. Yes, poor poor guy. He's sitting in the corner. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Alien hominid. Obviously, this is an anonymous person, I think. Or it could be. There's a lot of water on Mars. That's a fact. That looks like a doorway.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Have you seen the moon Titan? There is a labyrinth on the surface of Titan, upper right side, near its north pole. There are structures on every planet, probably on every moon. And coming from a guy whose name is Alien Hominid, he is totally correct. Okay, here's one from Lee. Glad to hear your voice again. I'm 76. You've been pushing the truth for years. You see the dots as I do. So that means you just have to kind of hang around long enough? Hmm. All right, this is from Wayne. For some reason, as I look over the different images, I don't feel like I'm comparing apples to apples. Certain boulders and features in one photo do not appear to be
3: present in others. Ron, you want to take that? Hmm. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out the meaning. He's saying that they they look like they're composed and they forgot to put some of the props in place. I think that's what he's uh, saying,
0: and I found the same thing. And what I think they do is they quietly erase features from another angle that are just too damn clear and suggestive, and they know that nobody but us obsessive compulsives will ever check.
1: Yeah, and
3: they I, don't care well, about us. See, I agree with all of that, but uh, I have to say that as a pixel wrangler, I look for that all the time, and I've found perishing little little evidence of it. I think they have a compact by contract uh, to put out the stuff uh, that they take pictures of. Well,
0: wait, 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 wait. I have an example right in front of us, the comparison between the wide-angle nav cam taken from the south and the other angle, 90... 90- plus degrees taken from the north, saw 386, 387, I cannot find corresponding things on both images. I looked and I looked, and that's what held me back, because if you if you take away some of the landscape, nothing will match. So yes, they are erasing selectively some things and just hoping no one will notice, or if they do, who's going to pay attention? Remember, yeah, okay, we're NASA yeah. and you're not. I wonder if Chevy Chase got the idea for that from them. Okay, here's one from Oscar. I think the door was created by some entities, pause, who may still be on the planet Mars. Very perceptive, Oscar. Okay. And, of course, they also could be walking among us because they are us. We're talking. See, I think the big damn secret, guys, is it's all about family. The thing we're not supposed to ever imagine. Is this his family? And some members of the family are above, in their view, every other member. Okay, here's one from Terry. Looks like a doorway to me. I do not see how this could be caused in a natural way.
3: Okay. anybody? That's a real problem track? NASA has there.
0: Anybody keeping track? Uh, okay, this is from Daryl. Saw you once at Buffalo Thunder with your wife. Did not bother you. Oh, I, I guess this is kind of personal. Okay. Yeah. I saw the doorway photo from somewhere like BBC News this is where I've been able to get news on USA better than Nancy filtration system in USA. I clearly think it's like crystals that have broken and the stalactite type, type rock lying in front right of the opening to the white chalk like from around English Channel in the cave showing a clear change in geology. So this is a natural type person. Okay, here's Mike. Hello, Richard. Have you ever heard of Tycho's model of the solar system? I think you should check it out because this new interpretation of Tycho Brahe's well-respected and accurate observations put the Earth on a 25,344-year orbit and of interest to you that this is where Tycho puts us. Mars together with the sun is a binary pair. I'm not sure if this model is correct, but it answers many longstanding questions about planetary motion. And then he gives me a website and a book and all this stuff. And I guess I'll have to check that out.
3: Hmm. Hmm. I'd agree with him on the binary part, but not there. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, they, mo- yeah they, as the astronomers have uh, grudgingly uh, revealed, because the evidence always supports it. There's, there's more, practically more binary star systems out there than not. You know, it sounds like something that would be anomalous, and it seems to be natural. And it happens for planets. You know, whatever Mars was revolving around. Well, remember,
0: Van Flandern's model was that Mars was a double planet, that it orbited another much more waterlogged kind of Europa equivalent, roughly the same size. And both of these orbited around a much larger, more massive primary, so-called Planet 4. Then planet four was blown to kingdom come in the war. The two, what we now call planets, Mars and this unknown guy, were released into solar orbit. And then 3.2 million years ago, according to Van Slandern's, again, celestial mechanics calculations, the other moon blew up. Uh, I would say hyperdimensional torsion field instabilities because you can't kind of leave your home in a radical way without something bad going wrong. So, yeah, it all kind of fits together. Uh, Van Flandern's overall model was that doubles should be the norm and singlets should be abnormal. And it's so damn bad that he's not here to have all the fun with all the rest of us as we're in the end game. This is it.
3: It is. Yeah. He, de- yeah, he, he deserved to be here, even though I
0: – And he got I, that I have- incredible developing cancer which killed him in weeks. And I, of course, incredibly Uh-oh. suspicious. Yeah, yeah.
3: No. Yeah, I had, but I do have to, but I, I do have to say, I violate one of his, um, uh, one part of his model, because I favor the Krypton model. Uh, Mars was actually an oversized satellite, uh, maybe up to the size of a full binary system, uh, revolving, uh, sur- orbiting around something else uh, or another planet, and that's the one that blew up. It was either one of Superman's uh, relatives uh, or uh, playing with something he shouldn't have messed with, uh, or, you know, it could have been a cosmic event. You know, I I can't myself, uh, I know his math is good, but it's a model. You know, I don't know. It may have been hit by a rogue planet, uh, or it may have been the effect of a war. I don't know how many Death Star moves uh, people make in interstellar wars, because I've never been in one, Mm. but... uh, Seems like it'd be rare. But in any case, Mars was left on its own and had to settle into a new orbit. And all the destruction and the, uh, uh, disarray that we see on Mars is consistent with Mars having had to settle into a new orbit. Cause it, you know, it can't have earthquakes like we do because it hasn't got any tectonic plates. Mm-hmm. It's a big solid shell nope. pretty much. And so it, uh, that's, uh, one, uh, this is relevant to this, or I wouldn't drag anybody else back there. There was one frame that I tried to get it, uh, I tried to do a, a better job on it, but uh, it, uh, I didn't get it to Keith in time. Uh, but number six has something on it that's I think matters. Number six in my stuff, in Ron's stuff, somebody that doesn't know who the hell this is talking right now. Uh, and it's you see, there's a bunch of stuff, and there's there, but look at the sky behind it. There's dazzle, you know, like the like it was almost pointing into the sun or something. Yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't. You can tell that by the. Oh the yeah, yeah.
0: This the, is from that upper. The... This is from the same sols who we were talking about before, three eight six and three eight seven. And you're looking yeah, south, and, that... and there's definitely something blocking sunlight, scattering sunlight, causing dazzle, glare, whatever you want to call it, from this northerly position looking south across the floor of Jezero from near the near near the delta and i don't know what it is
3: yet yeah and it's not a camera effect because it doesn't extend all the way down the frame no which you know i would accept from the dazzle model
0: no 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 no. this is
3: something just
0: over the ridge yeah it's something between where we are and the rim of the crater which is tens of miles away okay we are running out of time and i do want to get to another i know we can do this all next next weekend i want to do another couple more of these because Again, the overwhelming number of responses that are in the affirmative, uh, Your Honor, are, are pretty impressive. Uh, Dear Richard Hoagland, as far as our take on the photos, it looks like a door, or a door into a spacecraft, or a door into an old pyramid. And we agree with you on all the photos. The good day to you and your family, Charles and Pamela, in Tiger, no, Tigard King City, Oregon. We get them from all over. So, all right, here's one from Brad. Oh, this is, but we're going to do this again next week. Uh, Richard, I heard you on coast last night examine the pictures of the door. I believe it may be an alluvial fan erosional feature. The door could be a naturally occurring geological drainage feature through sedimentary rock. The sedimentary buildup at the upstream end of the ramp looks like a typical alluvial fan. Hopefully more higher quality pictures will shed more light on this fascinating mystery, to which I will say, Brad, when pigs have wings, we will get those <laughs> pictures yeah. from... I say boo to that. <laughs> well, he's, he's not... He's, you say what? I said boo oh, to that. Oh, okay. man. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got about a couple minutes here. Okay. Uh, let's kind of wrap up and, and look toward next weekend. What would we like to know by next week? Where are we on this uh, weird, you know, what are they up to, and why aren't they telling us what's going on?
3: Lottery numbers. Lottery numbers. Oh, okay. You asked me what I'd like to know before next week. Oh, I uh, mean... oh, oh by the way.
0: Next week, next week I, I
7: want to talk about uh, submarine life on Mars and uh, snake possibilities. You know that uh, I believe that Mars may have had a humanoid race. Versus the reptilian race And that was the source of the conflict And I want to just add one more thing About uh, Ruggiero's, um Number 15 Which was fascinating I said it looks like a mothership landed But it also looks like a giant snake slithering by So that's a hint as to what I'll be talking about Well
0: next remember week. there was mythologies About the Ouroboros yes. Snake eating his tail Which a dear departed friend of mine Actually thought was the representation that derived eventually into the uh, Mayans' idea of the Milky Way as being the center where the snake and the end of its tail came together.
5: It, so uh, yeah, no, it absolutely was. Here.
0: We are oh, no. out of time. Yes. Thank goodness we have clock finders and watch keepers and all that. So until next, uh, tomorrow, Sunday, where I have a special treat for you with my friend Charles. Boy, are we going to show you some stuff. Same time, same bat channel. Remember, third star on the left, straight on to morning. Good night, everyone.